Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of MCG Rants. I'm Tannen Grace. As always, I'm joined by... Ross Miriam. Yeah, there we go. Nice, right? On the, on the bat. Uh, it is a cold, frigid day here in Baton Rouge. How's it doing over what, there? What does that mean, like 65? No, no, no. So it's actually in like the mid-30s right oh, now. Oh, wow. Like we actually had to like leave our water on last night, you know, like dripping because we have a freeze morning. Um, it was 80-something degrees here like two days ago. Like I was walking around in shorts and a t-shirt and like sweating. <laughs> and now it's actively freezing. And you know this about me. I don't own clothes for this kind of weather. Yeah. So I just kind of layer up. I have like a t-shirt with like kind of like, you know, the, you know, like the business casual sweater, you know, like the real thin sweater that goes like over. Yeah. I have that. And then I have like an actual sweatshirt like over that or whatever. So we're just not prepared for this kind of weather here today. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've, we've been in that kind of weather for about two, three weeks now. So. <laughs> How was uh this like I heard y'all had a little bit of a snow thing the other day. I think you stayed with the Andersons and like made some food yeah, and stuff. Yeah, we got we got about um I didn't see what the I didn't look up what the official total was, but we got like Enough, eight to twelve inches, something right? like that. Yeah, usually it was a, eight to twelve inches is more than you need. Just saying. <laughs> Every week, gotta get one. <laughs> Go uh, and uh, so that came on uh, Sunday. It basically just snowed all day. It was like ten a.m. to yeah. ten p.m. Just twelve hours straight. Um, I've and, never had a snow day in my life. <laughs> well, SCG had one. They uh, they closed the office on Monday. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've never, like, been... You know what I mean? Like, it's... Okay, so it's snowed here twice in my life. One time, I think I was two or three. Like, I've seen pictures. I don't remember it. Yeah. And then a few years ago, it snowed, but it snowed, like, overnight. So, like, I didn't really see snow falling. I just woke up, and there was snow on the... Like, you know, Natalie wakes me up, and she's like, holy shit, there's snow. Like, we knew there, were, like, would be, but it still doesn't prepare you for seeing it. Yeah. And then we let my dog outside. Like, I have a video of my dog, like like walking out into it and it's the it's the reaction you see every dog they walk out to it and they like you see him look down and you like see the brain like make the progress of like this is not normal and like they don't move and they look and then they just freak out and start running around because <laughs> they're like what is this it's new you know and she loved it or whatever and, like she had a little her little sweater on because like obviously we're, we're good parents we have a little sweater for our dog yeah so, even though she comes with one naturally so too. yeah so benny has more cold weather clothing than you do y- yes benny has a raincoat as well you see have you seen that picture right where she's have, like on the counter like it's it's the cutest picture ever she has a raincoat i do not she has uh i think she has rain boots we have something i think that we can put her on i don't have rain boots um she we have like multiple we have like multiple christmas sweaters for her <laughs> i don't have one of those uh i do have an lsu jersey she has one of those so and i think she has a saint's jersey i'm not sure i need to get her a braves jersey at some point but yeah that's definitely on the menu yeah 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 uh, maybe like get some kind of like cute, like someone's name, make it kind of dog punny, you know, like, well, I don't know. We'll f- I'll figure it out. That's, that's, that's for me to worry about later. Um, but anyway, how, like overall, was it uh, a, a decent day? I heard y'all just cooked and hung out. Yeah. I went to the Andersons on Saturday night and then stayed there Sunday and came, came back home Monday morning. Um, and uh, yeah, we just, you know, hung out, made a lot of food, got in the hot tub, hot tub in the snow. So hot tub Sounds in the cold awesome. is very fun. Because you get that contrast of where it's cold up top and, and hot below. and uh, But, like, the snow didn't really add anything. It just made it annoying. Was there more steam, maybe? Uh, like the snow would be, like, melting or whatever? No, I don't, I don't, it, again, it I just don't made know. it annoying to get the cover on and off. Yeah, that sounds... <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. When you said that, you actually made me think about, like, when I could have this. One of my favorite desserts was uh, you get, like, the heated... Uh, either you get a heated brownie or a blondie, and you put, like, it a la mode. Yeah. So you get, like... If you do it, you know, eat it quick enough before the ice cream melts, you get like cold and hot. And I loved that. 
I don't know why that's what popped in my brain when you said that. Because, again, I don't have experience with snow. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first time snow hot tubbing, but it was it was quite fun. And it wasn't too bad. I was able to walk home pretty easily the next morning. Um, how far is that walk for you? Oh, half a mile, maybe. Yeah, I, I didn't remember how far they're – because, like, you've moved and they've moved, but you've yeah. moved into somewhere that I know. It's like – you know what I mean? I don't know yeah. the city very well. They, they, so. they live um, – do you remember where the Waffle House is on, on Williamson? I mean, no. A, A, no. <laughs> B, Waffle Houses aren't, like, landmarks to me, just so you know. I know you're around Todd Anderson a lot, so this is probably normal. Hey, it's probably I'm, how he actually says directions. I am also a devotee of the house. Yeah, I'm just saying, it's like, you know, remember when you were, okay, so for our younger generation, they probably don't remember this, like, actually giving people directions before you had smartphones, <laughs> but, like, do you remember when you used to give directions back in the day? It would always be, like, really detailed, right? You'd be like, take a left yeah. here, take a right here, blah, blah. but then it always had the one, everyone had the line, if you come to this... You've gone, gone too far, too far right? yeah. And I feel that yeah, you, every you, one you of them build in, you know, yeah. that that mistake. These are the catcher. railroad tracks. You've yeah. gone too far, you know. And I feel like everyone would top would be like, "All right, so there's going to be a Waffle House on your left here. Make sure that it's on your left, and then you're going to take your next right. Like always, there's going to be a Waffle House in yeah. there somewhere. There, there was also there's two different kinds of direction givers. There was those who would just give you street names and be like, "Take left on this street, right on this street, blah blah blah." And then there are those that went by landmarks. Like yeah. you're gonna come to a red house, you know, with blue do- with a blue door. I'm a landmark guy. What about yeah. you? I was more of a street name. I just I like street names. Okay, like major ones. Like I or in my city, I definitely can. In like Vegas, I could do it. But like in Dallas, no shot. I'd be like, yeah, you take this exit, and then uh, it's like your third right, and you're like take a take a left at the blue house, you know, like or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. But the weird the weird thing is, so I would give directions based on streets, but when I myself am walking around an area I know, I'm all, I'm my I am navigating by landmarks, yeah, or just but kind of by feel. Like it took me forever to rem- to remember the order. There's there's sort of three uh, streets that run through downtown uh, that run east to west, and it's uh, it's Luck, uh, Church, and Kirk, and th- and then you get to Campbell, which is the main one. I um, remember this a little bit, yeah. But those three, like, I would never remember what order they were in, but I could always navigate to, to anything on any of them. <laughs> you know, I would, I would just walk, and I knew when to turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was all sort of intuitive. Um, but it's generally, like internal I, I direction senses, yeah. Yeah. You know, I've just yeah. made the walk so many times. My body remembers it. Yeah, whether you're sober or not half the time, that's that's the question. Mm-hmm. But Hey, that is still, I still got to and from downtown. <laughs> exactly. In, in varying states of... of of intoxication. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we still got there. We're alive. We're mostly in one piece. I yeah. may or may not have my keys. It's fine. <laughs> the, exactly. the snow is still on the ground. Uh, you know, it'll probably be here for another week. Uh, that's starting to melt a little. I, th- I thought it would mostly melt on Wednesday. We had a pretty warm day. We got up near 50. But... <laughs> pretty, weird, pretty warm day. Near 50. Yeah. yeah for, for us in the middle of January. Yeah. Well, we didn't have winter this year. I don't know. I like, did I tell you about this? We we just like did not actually have winter here this year. We've had a week or two where like a couple days were cold or really cold. And then it just gets back to 80. Yeah. We, we had a very mild December. And then winter came after at New, after New Year's. We, we've hit it throughout January. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. December, like we were hanging out outside. And, and, you know, I think we can jam one weekend in December. Um, yeah, I think I saw some pictures of that, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but winter finally came, and, you know, it's I, not bad. I need to come cam jam at least once, whatever. I've never actually played can jam, so. Well, we've got an air mattress. <laughs> I, was say, I don't know if my back can handle that, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I think the, the couch in the living room is nice, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean, I've, I, think, I think I've actually seen or slept on the couch before. Anyway. No, the, the couch is new. 
got it in October. It's it's leather okay. now. Well, we good. have two nice. leather couches there. Hmm. I think I find leather hit or miss to sleep on. It's, I've slept on it. It's, it's, it's pretty fine. nice. I actually okay. fell asleep on it last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, just, I just woke up at five in the morning. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck. I fell asleep on the couch. Okay. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Uh, I've definitely done that with my dog before, like watching TV or whatever at night. I've like turned it off. And I'm like, I, I just don't want to get up. <laughs> I don't want to actually walk. I have done that once or twice. Yeah, it's like we're we're staying right here. Whatever. Eventually, though, like, are you are you the one that you still you sleep through the whole night, or do you wake up halfway through and you're like, all right? I normally, uh, historically, I've slept through the night, but then last like couple, really the last couple of weeks, I've been having a little bit of trouble. Really, since New Year's Eve, when I was up until seven in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of that kind of threw everything off, Ugh. and I'm still trying to sort of catch up. Gross. Yeah, I, sl- I slept from seven a.m. to three p.m. on New Year's Day. That's like 2014, Tannen. You know, like lived in Vegas and stuff. Like I don't, I don't miss those days. Chris McCurry and I watched the sunrise. Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> on the, I'm on so the happy porch. for y'all. Yeah, it was a, it was a long night, but it was very fun. So yeah, I've been trying to recover from that, and I've been doing a lot more afternoon napping. It's, it's been, a, and I, I've, I had to a couple days ago, like power through, because I had gotten in a cycle where I would sleep from like four to nine because I couldn't fall asleep before 4 a.m. because I had napped for three hours in the afternoon because I'm not the kind of person that like will fall asleep and wake up an hour later. All Mm -hmm. of my naps are two to three hours. Yeah, that's why I don't do naps. Yeah, Yeah. I can't I can't power nap. Yeah, but I just like couldn't stay awake during the day and had to do things. So I would take a nap just to get things done after it. And then I couldn't fall asleep. But I I powered through one day and now I'm I'm getting back to a normal normal sleep schedule. I'm also like. If I do the the quote unquote like you know people call it like the power nap like the 15, yeah. 20, 30 minute nap I feel awful after them <laughs> like I wake up and I'm like what day is it what year is it I'm like so disoriented <laughs> you know I'm like what's going on my brain has started to reset or whatever blah 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 yeah your um, brain's just I, like we were going to sleep yeah wow. exactly why did you, why did you tease me uh, it's really funny um I've actually had some of the best sleep probably of like my life over the last couple like like month or two because I started. I started like lifting weights and stuff again and like work like actively like working out a decent bit and like I'm feeling great, but like you have to sleep when you're doing that, especially at like my age to like recover. And I've been like locking myself in the room and just being like, Don't mess with me, keep the dog out of the room, like don't let her in. You know, like I told now I'm like, do not let the dog in. Or whatever. Like, do not let her because she'll wake me up. And I've just been sleeping like the dead. Like just yeah, like solid eight or nine hours and stuff because I'm not I'm not working right now besides like, you know, my couple side gigs. So like I don't have to set an alarm clock right now. And so, you know, the, the hard part is sometimes getting to sleep at night or whatever. But I've been doing this thing where um, I've been making myself read when I get in bed. And that kind of like that puts me to sleep pretty fast. So because like I'm like you, I'm one of the people I have a problem like getting to bed at night, especially if I'm not like always consistent. All right, speaking of some consistency, I know that uh, you and your team, well, that's right, Team BCW, they had kind of like a little announcement come out recently that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah, we're, we're recording this on a Friday afternoon, and uh, we ju- they just made the, the official announcement. Uh, it's, you know, it's been in the works for a week or two now, at least. Um, but with the return of SCG tournaments, even though it's not a tour, uh, you know, but Team BCW is back, which we're very thankful for. Um, you know, Rick, Rick wanted to run it back. All the people from the team tiers ago wanted to run it back. So it's me, Corey, Daryl Ayers, Elixis, uh, Shaheen Sarani. Um, you know, the 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 oldest and boomeriest team in in competitive Magic. Um, so yeah, there's not really uh, we're not we're not going to be running doing the challenges on Friday night uh anymore. 
So it's just yeah, going to be that seems a little yeah not doable. It's it's just going to be us around at tournaments, and uh, you know, um, I I think most of the guys are planning to hit up. I, I think every single one. I will be at most. I'm definitely going to Philly. Sh- Shaheen and, uh, has agreed to go to all of them. Uh, he's I think he's another m- most moster. Maybe yeah, I'm maybe like, I'm. I could see him missing like Dallas or something. Yeah, I'm I'm up in the air on Dallas, but I'm going to Philly and Indy. I'll let you know this. I am. I am at least considering Dallas. The other two, not so much. But okay. I may go is to in Dallas. April. Yeah, it's something like that, or like, or whatever. Uh, I actually had a talk with Jim Davis the other day. Speaking of old timer, yeah, magic players, of, of boomer had, magic players. If you had me and Jim Davis to the team, you might as well get the uh, you might as well get the bedpans out and the Jello out now and stuff. So like, Brad and Todd responded to the announcement on Twitter, like wanting to get in too. We got yeah. we got all the boomers. Yeah, exactly right. Um, but Jim and I talked about it. If if he wants to go, we're talking about going, but would go the day before to like Thursday because I believe Thursday night the uh, Dallas Stars, the NHL team there, are at home for a game, and I've never seen a hockey game live, and I've always wanted to. And Jim's like 100% down to go, and I was like, yeah, I would 100% go because uh, he and I we did this in Boston a few years ago before an open. We went to a Red Sox game, nice. and I was like, yeah, it was super great experience. We got to see Mookie Betts at a Grand Slam after a 13 pitch at bat. <laughs> it was just it was just nuts so like and i've heard hockey is like the best sport ever to watch in person so I, yeah you know, that's I'm, what everyone really says so if that happens we may need to coordinate a little bit and be like hey ross you're coming up a day early you know yeah just let me know i'm i'm planning to make a decision as to whether or not i'm going by the end of february yeah i could i could make my mind up literally day off i could literally friday be like yeah, yeah fuck it and just get in my car Sorry, i've done that with opens before <laughs> I have a I have a I have a good story like that with um there was a modern open in Atlanta once and I was not gonna go and it was Friday think about this it's about an eight and a half it was about an eight hour drive and like you know we lose the hour or whatever from here it was Friday at like one or two in the afternoon and I remember I don't remember if you were in the chat yet I think you were in the chat at this time I can't remember but uh like I had a chat with Brennan or whatever but you might have been in it too and uh I was like yeah I just think I'm not going to this open and everybody's like you know y'all are talking about whatever and I think this is the time when Jonathan Job lived in Baton Rouge. And Job's like, just messaging me at like one or two in the afternoon. He's like, I kind of want to go to this open in Atlanta. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you want to go? And he's like, yeah, do you want to go? And I'm like, how much time do I have? And he goes, I'm leaving in 30 minutes. I was like, all right, let me pack real quick. <laughs> so I pack it. And it's really funny because this is the first tournament that I played Tron in. And I didn't have a deck leaving. I didn't know what I was going to do. I had some of my cards with me. And he's like, what are you going to play? I was like, I don't know. I'll figure it out on the way there. And Brennan talked about it in the chat. He goes, yeah, these are, these are the stories of how like people win tournaments. Or whatever. I ended up losing the top four of that event or whatever, playing Tron for the first time, like completely cold or whatever. But that was a fun trip. The whole way there, I was like, you know, messaging people like, hey, like, what cards do you have that you're not using? And I had found an entire Tron deck, like of pieces that I was missing at the time. So I was like, I guess I'll play that or whatever. And, you know, we got in super late, went to bed, got up, played the tournament, you know, kind of thing. So uh, crazy. Stu- I don't know if I had that. How did you anymore. do in that tournament? I top forward. Nice. I, that was one of the ones where, like, I think that was the one where, yeah, I think Zan Syed won that tournament, and I played him in top four. He's playing Infect. I think I lost in seven minutes, including sideboarding. <laughs> like, I was just, like, it was just, it was one of those ones where, like, I, like, mulligan to five, mulligan to five, like, on purpose. Like, obviously, like, you know, found a yeah. hand that had, like, a ballista in it or something. And, like, I remember one of the turns. Your two-minute gut shot wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, on the draw or something, too. So I was just, like, like, on turn two, I was just, like, all right. I had, like, map up, and uh, he, like went into his attack phase and he like 
sorry, he like played a spell on his attacker. I go, am I dead? And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, F6, am I dead? And he's like, yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to take the three minutes it's going to take to resolve everything. Dude, just do yeah. it. Just kill it. Because it's game one. I have nothing. You know, or whatever. I was like, you see my list or whatever. Like, I have nothing. <laughs> like, or whatever. And then the next game, I just like multi five and died or whatever. Or maybe I'm in four. But like, whatever. It's a horrible matchup anyway. But uh, so all of y'all are going to these events. And right now, that could mean more for this year too, right? Like, you know, we we don't know what else yeah, is going to do. I think, you know, I got the impression that they're going to do one a month and probably not, probably yeah. not in December. So I think there's going to be ten. I think I think what they're going to do is like maybe have a big one in Roanoke in November. Yeah, that would be that would be like with the way everything works and the way I've seen this company from the outside work. That's that's my idea. I, I would I would assume they'll do a summer and a winter one in Roanoke like they've done in previous years. I mean, yeah, they make a good bit of money off of yeah. it. It's super easy. And then, and then do you, and then do you eight in the in the other months from February to November. Uh, I also think they're going to do some cool fun stuff again this year from like the questions certain people have been asking on Twitter. I think they're going to try to do another no ban list open, like the modern no ban list thing. But that one is like pretty hit or miss at, at times. But like they have some stuff that it seemed like it was in the works. So I think that might happen again as well. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see that, especially with the way, you know, with it not being a tour and just and being a con, like more fun tournaments definitely yeah. makes sense and, and yeah. in these sort of zany formats. But yeah, so, uh, you know, pretty cool that we get to, to run it back when our first season was cut very short. <laughs> Got about <laughs> Got two months like in. four opens in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Five uh, opens. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, that was super fun. We were, you know... Honestly, I was surprised that, you know, that they would even be interested uh, and very happy that they were. So I, I think we all snapped it off pretty quickly. <laughs> if I didn't have um, the flesh and blood thing possibly going on where, like, I need to be free and, like, they reached out to me, I might have considered it and just been like, yeah, like, once a month I can commit to, like, flying up for a week. Because, like, you know, it would be fun and, like, I'd get back into it, start playing again quite a bit and stuff. It would be, like, you know, something good and fun to do. But like yeah. I definitely can't commit to anything like that over the year and just be like, look, hey, this this comes first, and I can't I can't do that to y'all. Not with how much respect I have. I mean, I would for anyone, obviously, but more so for BCW and how much you know they meant to me and how you know how much of a, I mean, like they took a really big chance on me, you know, when yeah. when I got signed, I was like relatively unknown, like very small following on social media, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, it was just from like word of mouth, pretty much. You know, y'all went to bat for me, and I really appreciated that. You know, to give me a chance. You were always just the person that all the players knew, but the you know the the fans never didn't know. Hey, I mean, they gave me an opportunity. I made the most of it. <laughs> so <laughs> I had like my best year ever. I think I I think I dominated half the events I played on tour that year. I think I was like eight for sixteen. Sick brags. Hey man, someone's look. It, if if I don't say it, it's never gonna get said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't talk about stuff like that. Randomly. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody One toots person, my horn for me. I gotta it, do it, it myself. Was, it was really funny because I had a, I had a match against uh, Awesome Rossum once, right? And it was like the first match of the day. I think it was like day two. We got paired up like round one, so we had to like you know the the fifteen minute wait while they did yeah. the intro. You know how it is. And uh, Nick Miller walks up and he's like, "Oh, we got the two top eight leaders from last year." And I was like, "Really?" Like I didn't even know that I had like that I had the the second. I, I he was like he, the way he said it. I was like, "Oh, we 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 had the most." And he goes, "Well, he had one more than you." And Rawson gives me like the little look, like yeah, I got it. Like, and I was like, "How many did you have?" He's like, "Oh, nine or whatever." Or I think it was like nine and eight or whatever was the yeah. number. And I was like, "Damn, that's a lot." I was like, "How many opens did you play in?" And he's like, oh, "I think it's like twenty-eight or something or thirty or you know he played in like like yeah, all of them all pretty them. much." He's like, "How many did you play?" And I was like, sixteen. And he stops. He looks at me. He's like, "Wait, you tapped me to eight of sixteen opens?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> he's like, "He's like that's pretty ridiculous." And I go, "Do you know how many day twos I had?" And he goes, "How many?" I was. 
eight. <laughs> I was like, all of my tournaments are the best ever. And he goes, what do you mean? I was like, I either died immediately or I just like top eight at them. Like there's no in between. I had zero top 16, zero top 32s, like just top eights or nothing. Like uh, it's, it's a uh, hell or glory. I don't want anything in between. Yeah. <laughs> like just give me all of it or none of it. <laughs> that is, that is the ideal. Yeah. Save know? my time. Yeah. Cause I think you remember this cause you were around that year is like, if I did particularly bad a tournament, like if I 02 or 03, yeah, you would just I change would just your find, flight and leave on Sunday. Yeah, I would just change my flight, leave Saturday night or Sunday morning. Yeah, like s- screw it, I'm not waiting the extra day. You know, I'll pay the the hundred dollar one way fee or whatever. You know, so it was super easy on me. Now, we uh, we kind of we kind of mentioned a no ban list modern event, and I kind of like wanted to say that's a little bit of a tease for what we were going to talk about here today on the show because. Uh, if you have seen the announcement, there were some bans that happened in a format for Magic. It's not a format that you and I particularly play a lot. I actually enjoy the format when I do play it. And we'll I used about to play it in, like, 2013. Yeah, yeah, and that's Popper. Popper actually had a ban over the weekend, which is pretty cool to see. Honestly, like, I don't, you know, I'm not saying b- bans are cool, but they had hired some people, and we we, uh, we were trying to get the correct vernacular here. It was like, it was like a committee. It's the Popper people. format panel. Yeah, the Popper format panel, the pfp yes that sounds like something you get from an email to someone that you have to open up and like sign into like yeah. open this pfp yeah, download it to your computer like yeah exactly and um it looks like they've they're already throwing their collective weight around and they banned three cards over the weekend let me make sure i get the one of them's a, a weird card so let me make sure i get the name of it right but the first one that got banned the first one they banned though is an all-timer this is one of the you know very first cards ever printed in magic it's been there since the very beginning and uh, this one was kind of a surprise for me. What was that one, Russ? That is a tog, uh, good old fashioned a tog, the the OG. Yeah. Uh, you know the the affinity decks have been really good recently, and and a tog is a, is a big reason for it. Um, you know, a tog is one of those cards that gives it not only gives the affinity decks uh, this real explosive capability where you can actually just kill on turn three. You know, with with flings and stuff. Um, you know, just turn two a tog, turn three kill you with. You know, four or five artifacts but uh in the um it also gives you a surprising amount of resilience because normally you see people you know bring in a bunch of um of artifact removal and atog dodges all that it's just difficult to answer and you know can dominate the battlefield because it, it you know it sort of doesn't like you know I, I was going to compare it to Psychotog, just another Atog, but you know that, that pump ability, you know, just the threat of it means your opponent's probably not blocking it, or it can sit back and they're probably not attacking into it because you can trade crappy artifacts for their, you know, much more valuable creatures. So, uh, Atog was the first one to get the axe. Second one is Bonder's Ornament. This is a three mana artifact. It taps for a mana of any color and four tap. Each player who controls a permanent named Bonder's Ornament draws a card. Um, I honestly, I assume this is part of uh, this and the third one. So the, the third one is Prophetic Prism. Uh, Two-man artifact, ETB, draw a card, and one tap, add a mana of any color. Uh, and those two were both very important in the Tron decks. Yeah, as I was say, it's poignant what we've talked about. I've kind of like laid the groundwork for this with the stories that we had here yeah. with the bannings and me talking about Tron here. And yeah, Tron got the axe quite a bit. And it, from what I've seen from the results and stuff, like the Tron deck, it seemed like it was just too consistently good at what it was doing and just not having to actually play colored lands. Yeah. And then just always having colored mana. Plus, Bonder's Ornament is, like, very annoying. The fact that that deck never runs out of gas. Just the idea of five-color Tron as a deck that could exist in any context annoys me. 
Like a hundred percent agree. By the way, like, this is you know tr- Tron means you have to play twelve colorless lands in your deck. Like that should be the cost. Like, like the the modern deck is a is a mono colored deck. It's it's mono green Tron, and you struggle to make green sometimes. Like you go through hoops to make green. Go ahead. It used it used to be a two color deck when it when it was first built. Remember green, with red, Pyroclasm, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they played Grow the Burn Willows. And, you know, in basically every other context, like, no Tron deck has ever had more than two colors. There was Is it Tron decks in Standard, when during 8th edition era, uh, there was an Azorius Tron deck in the very early days of Modern uh, that used to gifts and given for unburial rights and a, and a creature, just double and tomb, essentially. Um, and if you just had natural Tron, Azorius Signet, you could just do it on turn three. Uh, but, you know, more than two colors should be completely unfeasible. And you would think that in... And in of all formats, Popper would be the format where it's the least feasible to play multicolors, but it's the format where you don't really get punished for playing right. sort of mopey fixers, right? Uh, and the fixers end up being quite good. So yeah, I, you know, I, I I haven't played Popper in a long time, um, so you know, I'm speculating a bit, but I cannot imagine that deck is healthy for a metagame or fun to play against. They just get to do whatever they want. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I, I agree with you. Like, I haven't played Popper in a decent bit myself. The last time I played it a ton was when Gush and Days were legal. And, boy, was that not okay. Yeah. And stuff. So, like, you just played, you know, Mono Blue or Blue Black, whatever you want to do. You had, like, you know, Delver and just whatever cards you want along with those cards. And that felt really out of the spirit of Popper to me. The fact that you have Gush and Days, these, these cards that are... You know, people are, you know, we'll, we'll mention days later on the show. We'll talk about that. But, you know, Gush, which had been restricted and banned in other formats, and it just felt out of the spirit of the format, right? And that's kind of what you're hitting at here with the five-color Tron deck. It doesn't feel right. Like, you know, yeah. you made the point that I was going to make where, you know, we, we struggle with making it a single-color deck in Modern, yet you're in Popper where you're thinking, oh, the, the, the decks are way less powerful, and you're like, I have no problem ever making any color of any mana that I want consistently, and I never run out of gas. And it's, you know, it's part to do because of the format being, quote-unquote, less powerful, the fact that, like, you know, you don't have Infect, you don't have Burn to just kill you on turn three because you haven't interacted. You know, there are some decks, you know, that can do that kind of thing, but on average, you know, the format's a a couple turns slower, right? It's a little less powerful. You You don't get as punished for these kinds of things, and we're just kind of, we're taking it down a peg. You know, it looks like we're just taking the power level of it down a peg. And, uh, you know, if, if this is the way that they're going to make Popper into like a, you know, a format where you get to kind of explore more things to do, maybe it's a format that I explore again, you know, that yeah. I take a look at again, because I like playing that kind of magic quite a bit. And I'd be excited to kind of check that out again and, and see what's up. But like, you know, when I'm the tempo deck in that format, you know, because I d- definitely gravitate towards the Delver deck. But I can never beat this five color trying to cast seven drops deck that doesn't that doesn't compute in my mind. Like that yeah. does not make sense to me. You know, and it, it's really you know one of the hallmarks of Popper historically has been that the mana fixing is not particularly good, though that has changed in in recent years with with some additions to the format. But when you know that really limits you know what certain decks are capable of and stops decks from being sort of unanswerable because they're too versatile. They can always adapt to any, you know, new problem, new predator. But a a Tron deck, which is already inherently a very powerful archetype because you can generate so much mana and a huge mana advantage, a, a Tron deck having that kind of versatility where they get to, you know, sideboard any card in the format, main deck any card in the format based on changing metagame conditions 
really seems like a problem to me just on the surface. So pretty happy to see uh, a double ban there just to, you know, make sure it's a dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't just want to hurt it. We we wanted to we wanted to put it down. Yeah, like yeah. And you know, I would love to see Popper catch on more as a a um a regular you know competitive format. I know they they tried a little bit of it a couple of years ago. Uh, they did a a classic, I think, at, at SCG Con Summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, yeah, I think it was one of the ones where like they had. They had like that that thing towards the end, like some they had some other tournament that like you could qualify through a bunch of other stuff. Like there was Cube. I think there might have been a Popper event, and I think they've done it other than that as well. But like yeah, yeah. usually SCG Con had a Popper event, and it's one of the ones that I've always looked at and been like, hmm, you know, like, like yeah. you know, you like you, the eyebrow goes up. You're like maybe this is <laughs> fun. Yeah, and there's definitely some Popper enthusiast people who are like really into it. You see some of them even on the committee here. And if I remember, I think one of them won the Popper event or whatever in, in Roanoke once, or did really well at it, and I love seeing that. When someone's, like, known for their kind of thing, they're known for being a specialist or something, and then finally they get to play in yeah. a tournament, and you're like, oh, really, they are just busted. Yeah, it makes <laughs> sense. Like, yeah, they are just, like, really good at this format kind of thing. So, yeah, that's really that's really cool. Really, really cool to see. Um, Atog, you know, definitely going to kind of slow down the, like, red-white artifact decks. And it, it's, like, it's really weird to me that, like, you go after a Tog. But it's probably one of those things they sat down, they really talked about it, like this is, you know, like the affinity decks, the red-white decks, like this is the this is the card they want to take out of this because it gives you that big robust finish that you like where you can invalidate what's going on on the board. You know, you're like, oh, put a couple creatures into play, maybe attack you that way, and they're like, no, put a couple creatures in the way, and you're like, well, okay, now I'll just play my hog, I'll sacrifice six artifacts to it, and I'll fling it at you. Which is like a big thing that these decks were kind of doing. And it just kind of makes that deck a little more one-dimensional, maybe. It takes away one of the avenues of victory from it. And it makes the deck more mid-rangey, I guess, is like a way that it kind of turns it into. Because yeah. like now they just have to play more of a fair game. Agree. That that's And that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, you know, even with not a ton of experience with the format, these changes seem, they seem very good to me. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get into uh, the other thing that we're going to talk about today, I meant to bring this up earlier, whatever, but uh, have I told you that I actually played a ton of Magic over the last month? Like, way more than I did, like, any of the months prior? Um, no. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, it, it went away last night, because again, we're recording this on Friday, because that's important, because we are going to talk about some some stuff that's time-sensitive and maybe changed by the time this episode comes out. But this is Friday night, or Friday afternoon, it's about 2.30, so 3.30 for you. Uh, I played an unreasonable amount of cube on arena like actually unreasonable because you could just go infinite or whatever i actually streamed quite a bit of it but uh, i actually liked it a lot and so much that uh i've actually considered how much of the cube online that i own in real life and i might just uh make it in real life and then change a few of the cards that are like well this card just never makes a deck this card never makes a deck and like we can just put something else here you know kind of thing and uh I gotta say, with it being gone, I, I'm gonna go back to probably playing very little Magic right now because there's not a lot for me to play, and Arena's kind of a dumpster fire, but man, I really enjoyed it quite a bit, and I miss it, and uh, it kind of made me rediscover, like, the parts that I really liked, you know what I mean, of Magic, the stuff that I miss besides, like, the competitive side and the camaraderie with, like, you guys and stuff, but, and, like, our teams, but I miss, like, that kind of stuff, and one of my local friends just finished, uh building a cube that he's been working on for months in fact he's missing one card and i have it and i was like bruh i'm i'm going to the local the lgs on saturday to play in the tournament i'm like I'm, I'm gonna have the card sleeved up and ready to go for you i'm down to cube or whatever so <laughs> i'm down a clown yeah 
and th- most of the time, whenever we cube, uh, everybody else is just trying to have fun, and I'll be like, all right, anybody who wins gets this, just so everybody tries a little harder. Like I'll put in like a five or ten dollar you know bounty kind of thing or whatever, just because I want I want people to try, and I'm like, yeah, I, I like the competition and stuff of it, so a lot of fun, but. So we're talking about some bands here that got banned from Popper, and they made an announcement along with us that besides this announcement that's coming on, we get the announcement of an announcement. Ross, I oh, think yeah. this is the Everyone's trademark. Favorite. Yeah. That, what is it, Monday? We're going to have another banner. It's Monday, right? Uh, I think another... it's Tuesday. Okay. Well, hopefully we get our episode out before then, but if you're listening to this afterwards, you know, we'll talk about this again. Um, it seems like something for sure is getting banned because they're announcing the 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 band day and you and i are going to talk about what we think this could be what we think it should be what it might be what it shouldn't be like all those kind of options right yeah and i'm going to say the, the first thing that i want to say is can we just get rid of this can we just get rid of this like hey we're going to make an announcement next week because now you've invalidated all the formats in between everything is super lame duck everybody knows you're probably changing something in legacy you might be changing something in modern like you need to change something in legacy you probably don't need to change something in modern but you might and like this is just really dumb like we're all adults like just change the damn format tell us what's happening yeah that or yeah exactly tell us what's happening or just be like it's in effect next monday like don't make us fucking guess you know what i mean like I, i don't know i get i get sick of it i get aggravated by it Let's start with, what do you want to start with, Modern or Legacy? Uh, let's start with Legacy because that'll be faster. Yeah, because you don't care as much about Legacy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no one does. Yeah, hey, shut up. <laughs> All right, so I firmly believe they're going to make a change in Legacy. The Legacy players have been, if you follow any of the Legacy players on Twitter or you follow the the amount of times it fires versus it doesn't fire for the events on Magic Online, you can tell that this has been needed for quite a bit of time. And the Legacy players are actually kind of looking forward to this. They're ready for the format to change. Uh, I'm actually going to talk about a little bit about what I think can happen in the format. And I'm going to kind of refer to Bob Huang, Gristlepuff on uh, Twitter, if you don't know who it is. For anyone who doesn't know who Bob Huang is, um, then you don't know Legacy Magic, probably one of the more influential people in Legacy Magic over the last 10 years, like from the entire amount of time, right? You know, super influential. Um, I owe a lot of my success to Bob as well. When it comes to Delver, helped me out a lot, you know, bounce ideas off of him. He used to write for Channel Fireball about Legacy all the time. Has a lot of really good results to back up this kind of thing. Um, he he uh, talked about this quite a bit on Twitter and had a couple interesting ideas and opinions. And I kind of wanted to hear what you think here, too. He says that he expects to be banned Ragavan and, inter- uh, I'm sorry, Iteration. So he thinks Expressive Iteration is going to go. He said... This is what I would ban if it were up to me. I would ban Ragavan, Merktide, and Prismatic Ending. He says, if Expressive Iteration goes, though, I won't complain. And Ragavan and Merktide close games too quickly. Ending has obsoleted too much of the color pie. I had not considered, even remotely considered, Expressive Iteration or uh, or uh, Prismatic Ending until he said something. And then I'm just like, you're an actual genius. Right? Because, like, I can see both of those cards going, and the more I think about it, the more Prismatic Ending just pisses me off in <laughs> Legacy. And I think you can get why. And he kind of says it here. It has obsoleted too much of the color pie. You just get to put a white land in your deck, right? Play Prismatic Ending, and now you can answer everything in the format. I mean, like, you could answer Emrakul anyway. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, sure, somebody's like, oh, there's a five drop you can't answer. Yeah, of course. But you get what I'm saying. We're playing Legacy here. You're killing a one drop or a two drop. 
and it's extremely easy to do that prismatic ending. It homogenizes the removal of all the format into like this one little box where like you're playing expressive. Yeah, I mean, sorry, you're playing prismatic ending. You're playing swords of plowshares. That's it. You're good. You've covered the format, and I don't like the answers being that ubiquitous. And I know that like I'm kind of string like hitting a note with you here because I know how you feel about like especially when it came to like standard and when like modern would evolve, you know, week to week where you're big on the people who do their research and really prepare for that week coming have the edge where like their removals, correct. Right. Like their deck is built like, Oh, I played an extra removal spell this week, you know, because you know, these decks are becoming more popular or I shifted my sideboard to have extra hate for red decks and have more removal for early creatures because the red and white decks are a little more popular. You know, those little things. And I know you like that, and that's, like, your, your kind of bread and butter. So does a card like Prismatic Ending piss you off like it pisses me off? Um, Maybe that's too harsh? Yeah, I, I do think Prismatic Ending is a, is a bit annoying in how easy it makes you, you know, makes it to deal with a, such a wide range of threats because... It does, you know, for the reasons you pointed out, it, it cuts off that ability for you to sidestep their removal with a different threat. Then they have to change their removal base and you have to change your threat base. And it, it just keeps going back and forth and it never ends. Right. So that tension is really important. And it's one of the things I think they've done well, you know, for, for, as, mu for as much as they haven't done well in terms of designing cards and, and managing formats. One of the things I think they've done well over the last decade is give us a lot of, you know, medium removal spells, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, Eliminate versus Heartless Act in Standard or, uh, you know, uh, Unholy Heat versus Fatal Push in Modern um, and, and things like that uh, to, you know, sort of balance it so that you have different, you have good removal options or at least somewhat comparable removal options in almost every single color, but they all have different holes that can be exploited. So you always have to stay, you know, ahead of the metagame and make these small tweaks. So yeah, um, I'm not, you know, my understanding is that the, the Delver decks are generally, is it? And the thing that I've heard recently is that control decks are starting to become really good. And I, I guess that's where prismatic ending is, is coming in. Um, you know, giving the control decks away to answer, you know, not only all the one mana threats out of Delver or out of Elves, um, but, you know, being able to answer Chalice the Void out of decks that play that or uh, Aether Vial against Taxes or, uh, you know, even exactly. Planeswalkers, you know, like uh, Teferi or something, if people have that. So I have two questions in response to what you said. Here, here's the first one. It comes to Prismatic Ending and what we're talking about. I'm going to make a statement and then I'm going to ask a question. I think it's the best white card printed in probably the last five or ten years. That and Solitude are two of the best white cards we've seen in a very, very long time. Two, yeah. here's, the, here's the question. Do you think that was Wizards' intention when they made this card? Do you think they knew it was going to be this good? Um, probably not. Do you remember when you and I talked about this on the show as a preview card and like I was losing my mind? Yeah. I, was I thought it was going to be good, and I was not. I was not ready for how good it was. Like I was, I was underselling it, and I thought it was busted. Yeah, I thought it was going to be good, but yeah, I've been, be I had been too. burned in the past by sorcery yeah. removal spells, so right. I, I remained somewhat uh, tempered on it, and then of course got burned again. You were thinking more from like a standard modern kind of way, and I got yeah. to see this card not being as good in standard, and I always come from the mind of like. This fucking destroys my Delver deck. Like this destroys decks in in in, uh, in Legacy because everything that's important is like a one and two drop. You know, obviously there's other stuff people at home, but you get what I'm saying. So yeah. like I think they kind of 
messed up isn't like the right word. Do you think like they kind of overshot themselves here when they made this card? Um, do I think this is getting banned? Hell no. I don't think they'd ever touch a card like this. Yes, yeah, I would be surprised every single deck. Two. Here's the second question. Do you think those control decks that you're talking about that are that are becoming really really good? Because I I agree there are there's some really cool ones, especially in Paper Magic. You always see the really good players gravitate toward these like three and four color control decks. Do you think they're they're as good as they are because they're good against the Delver deck, and that's and that's the reason why. Um. Yeah, I could definitely see that being the case. That's that's usually been the case, right? The right. the sort of mid rangey blue decks. They're basically just Delver decks that cut Days and Delver to play, mm-hmm. you know, more they're powerful giant. cards for the yeah. mirror, right? They just become full on Jund. Yeah. And and now th- with you know Raghavan DRC, you can just you know play those like the Delver decks are anyway. Um, and ha- you know maybe they don't play DRC because they're a, a little bit uh, you know slower, but. Um, you know, it, it's pretty easy, I think, at this point to you know have have a control deck that isn't that is, plays very similar to, to the Delver decks with the Cantrips and Forcibles and stuff, um, but you know has that edge with just more individually powerful cards going along. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent agree with you. I think I think you nailed it. And then talking about these other cards, you know, talking about um, you know Merktide, the fact that it just ends games so quickly and it's really hard to kill. Right, this is a card that. Dodges prismatic ending, dodges lightning bolt, dodges fatal push. It still gets swords and it still gets rebbed, but like now you're putting a lot of stress onto the decks to have to have answers, right? And this is what makes magic good, right? This is why the deck is good. Is like these prismatic endings, lightning bolts, stuff answer all their early creatures, but then they merc tide you and they're like, do you? Especially game one, they're like, do you have a way to kill this merc tide? In game one, you usually do not, right? Like merc tide usually just rules the game, and they end the game very very quickly, and one of the reasons I can see this going is it would it would power down those decks considerably, right? Maybe make a, a more level playing field, but it just kind of fits the way the history's gone of broken blue delve spells. We've seen this time and time and time again, where when you put the good blue delve spells into the non-rotating format or you put it into Legacy, they're going to break it, like <laughs> every time. And it's just, it happened right away with Merktide. And... I can see that going in the fact that they're like, look, we want to hurt the Delver deck, right? We want to take it down a peg, but we don't want to kill it, right? It's actually kind of important for that deck to be good in that format because it helps gatekeep other, like three or four other decks from just running rampant. Yeah, you can't really play like a traditional aggro deck um, because... You can't play like one drop, two drop, three drop creature. Yeah, because the combo decks are too strong. Right, like your the aggro decks will never be able to race combo decks in legacy because the combo you decks are killing you on turn one like, and two. Yeah, uh, right. So you, you can't really do that. So your your proactive strategies, or at least proactive fair strategies, have to have a good amount of disruption. Whether it's you know death and taxes playing things like Thalia, um, or you know the the Delver decks having days and force of will. Um, you know you have to have something. You can't be a, a sort of linear aggro deck. Um, so I, I agree that it's important to have that pillar of the format so that you have aggro decks that play a bunch of counter spells. Otherwise, the combo decks can, you know, it's a lot easier for the combo decks to uh, tune to beat one kind of hate and a lot harder for them to tune to beat multiple kinds of hate in a, a more varied metagame. So, yeah, that's why I've always been a little bit wary of the calls to ban days. I know that that's been pretty common over the last six months. And this is where I was going with this. I think you cannot ban this card. Yeah, 
you you know that that's the kind of thing that would really weaken Delverdex, and then you know, like, look what happens when Storm gets to play against you know Control and Death and Taxes. Like, it, it's <laughs> I I that's, would enjoy that. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things. Is I've actually seen and heard some Storm players like just ban days, like just just finally take Delver, you know, down a peg or whatever. Blah blah. blah. I'm like, I don't think you've thought how how things would work out and yeah it would take a long time because watsi takes a long time to affect legacy like they're like probably six to 12 months late on this banning here's the thing if you ban days you probably just banned yourself as a storm player because your deck's going to probably become the best deck in the format because now your natural prey like the one deck that's really keeping you in check or one of the decks that's re- like the deck that's most often keeping you in check right has become not the you know, not the most played deck, not the best deck in the format anymore. So now you have probably supplanted it as like the quote unquote best deck because you beat all the mid range decks, you know, you beat lands, you beat all these other decks. And then what happens then? Then all of a sudden, all those angry eyes that were looking at days, looking at Delver, they turn to you. They look at you and they're like, huh, maybe we should let them have past in flames. You know, maybe <laughs> we should let them have a couple of these cards that are in this deck because this deck's actually kind of degenerate, right? This deck's yeah. actually kind of unfair. It's, maybe, it's maybe pretty just, broken. Maybe just fuck him over a bad dark ritual. Yeah, exactly, right? And, and then what happens, then you're like, oh shit, I played myself, you know? And I don't think they, they think past that a lot of the times when they make this point. I'm like, because, you know, we've seen this in the past. Remember when, when, they, when we were like, all right, Treasure Cruise has got to go. It's too good, right? And then do you remember what happened when they banned Treasure Cruise? They immediately banned Dig. Right, we got them both. Uh, well, not immediately. That was, that was in Modern, right? They got, they in, were in both Modern, they in modern, did it immediately. And then, and then it, and then it ended up happening. We knew right away. We're like, this, this needed to happen in Legacy too. Like, it, it didn't last very long, right? And like, you know, you, you can kind of see the dominoes fall. Like, when you do this, like, this is gonna happen. And that's why I talk about like, this is very hard to do. I do not envy people who have to sit in this position and make, and make this kind of choice because I've played a good bit of this format, not this specific one. I've looked at some of the results, but I've played a ton of Legacy and like. You know, when DRS and Probe got banned, I mean, you and I talked about this a lot. You kept, you know, talking to me about it. I'm like, I was unsure about DRS. I was like, yeah, the card's obviously busted, but I'm unsure. But Probe needed to go. I was like, Probe is not okay. <laughs> I was like, completely, I was like, remember remember you and I talking about this? Like, people were talking about banning DRS, and you were like, what do you think? And I was like, no, they should ban Probe. I remember telling you multiple times, like, you ban Probe first. That's the card that is, like, a huge problem in this deck, or whatever. So, um, you know, it's interesting. We'll, we'll see all that. You know, we're talking about days, like, talking about whatever. Like it's it's really funny too because like these you know if you if you ban prismatic ending the the four color decks you know maybe get taken down a peg because like I'm kind of sick of the four color decks not losing to wasteland as well <laughs> that shit, it's just really annoying like remember how adamant I was about killing the snow card um, Astrolabe. Astrolabe yeah I was like yo this card just like Astrolabe and I think Sensei's Divining Top are the two cards that I've like if I could start riots, they're the ones I would. I'd have signs, you know, like if we, <laughs> if we could forts, do that. torches. Yeah, I'm like... The whole nine yards. I want to grab every copy of this card in the world, strap it to a rocket, and put it directly into the sun. You know, just get them, just get them out of here. You know, just get them out. But um, did you have any other ideas about Legacy? I know you're, you're not thinking about it too much, but there's anything else you've been hearing, talking about, but I think we're getting something for sure. I, I think we're getting something. Recently, I've been hearing that people are okay with the format, that it managed to like self-correct and Delver's not dominant anymore, but I expect they will ban something. Bob's suggestions are in- interesting to me because they don't you know, kill anything. They just kind of adjust the power level back down a notch. 
Yeah, what I like about him is, and we see this a couple times, with, like I said, it's 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 a very hard job to do. I don't envy him, but a lot of the times when banning happens, and we, we just had this in Flesh and Blood, I feel that sometimes one or two of the cards are too heavy-handed, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, well, I'm not saying Bob is correct here, even though I, I'm not saying he's wrong. These seem more nuanced, more like I thought about it. I've gone through the permutations of like what happens if we take these cards out. And this seems like you take this card out of the deck. It does not kill the deck, but it takes it down a peg. Right. And like when I look at him talking about expressive iteration, I'm like, that's really smart. Right. Like you're taking one of the more powerful cards as, because like, here's the thing. Yeah. People are going to make the argument. Yeah. They still have ponder. They still have brainstorm. Right. Afterwards. I'm like, yeah, but they only have those. Yeah. When you give them ponder brainstorm and expressive iteration. They never run out of gas ever. And then all these cards are also pitchable to force of will. Like, you know what I mean? So like they, they always have a use for these cards. And if you can take down the consistency of the deck, like that's the problem with the Delver deck is it's the best aggro deck, right? It's the best disruptive deck, but it also never runs out of like ammo. It never runs out of gas. Like, you know, when you're playing against mono red and standard, think about that on like turn three or four when you're like, all right, I finally stabilized. They may have like one creature left in play. You know, they have, like, one card left in their hand, and you're at, like, nine. And you're like, all right, I'm good. Because, like, they have to draw, like, four spells in a row probably to kill me or whatever, right? I'm not saying they can't do that. The Delver deck, you're not safe. That one card left over, it's probably Expressive Iteration. It's going to turn into two more, one of which is probably going to be Ponder or Brainstorm, which is going to turn into three more. And then they're going to be playing Threats at the same time because these cards are super cheap. So I'm okay with taking one of the cantrips out. Like some people, someone's going to say, just ban brainstorm. You just, you can't at this point. It's a sacred cow. Leave it alone. Like if you're, if you're, if you're not going to police the entire format, don't police brainstorm. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're not going to take out like the busted cards and other decks, don't take out brainstorm. But I kind of like the idea of expressive iteration, Russ. I kind of like it. Yeah. It, it, iteration is, is, you know, it's easy to just look at it as another cantrip, but it really, it's, you know, it's a draw to, but a really efficient one that offers card selection at, at a good rate. And, you know, we've seen it become essentially an all-star in every format in which it is legal. <laughs> every single one. Yep. Uh, by the way, just going to, just going to remind you when, when that set came out, I had that as my number one card by far. Just, just reminding, just, you know, when we do our top eights, just saying, because we had to do one of those again really soon. Ross, done? I, I, y'all can't see this at home. Ross has given me the look, and you know the look I'm talking about. Right. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. All right. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I could definitely see iteration being a good call. It is not going to you know, fundamentally reshape the format, but it's going to, like you said, I, I, that is a bit of an annoying, uh, you know, aspect for Delver decks to have. You know, Delver decks. If you're a tempo deck, you should run out of steam. You know, your dazes get bad going long, going long. The fact that your curve is so low, you know, the way that they've you know contended in longer games historically is with that low land count, meaning that, you know, as the game goes long, they're on two or three lands and your opponent's on four, five, six lands, and you effectively have, you know, a couple extra spells that way. When you combine that with actual card advantage that is efficient enough to play it within their curve, like expressive iteration, now you've got a deck that, you know, it sort of gets the best of both worlds. It gets to be the deck that pulls ahead early because you have all these cheap spells and days, but then late game, you know, still has the card advantage and the powerful threat in Murktide region to contend. So iteration and Murktide seem like really good, uh, really good calls because it, it's hard for me to see, like, you know, um, it's honestly hard for me to see banning I mean, like one of the one drops making a huge difference. 
You know, the critical mass has always been when the Delver decks had two very good one-drops. So when they had Delver and Deathrite Shaman, you know, uh, that was great. And then they banned Deathrite Shaman. Uh, you know, when Nimble Mongoose was a playable legacy card back in, you know, 1974. Uh, and, and the team of Delver decks had that. Uh, you know, they had they had eight one drops. Now they've got 12, which is, you know, obviously even better. But, you know, eight is still going to be really good. And one of the things that really puts them over the top is that they've got these 12 one drops that you really have to be prepared to beat with your bolts and pushes and, you know, even gut shots that decks are playing now. Um, but Merton, like none of those cards answer Merktide Regent. So it, 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 it really pull, it really stresses the opposing removal suites. And that's a really good point, because I actually do think one of the cards that is, like, most, like, if, if if I were a betting man, and I am, and I were making odds, I think the card with the best odds or worst odds, however you want to say it, to get banned this weekend is Ragavan. Yeah. And a lot of people who really have their finger to the pulse are laughing about it because they're like, hey, you don't need to do this. Like, this, this, this is not the actual problem. And B, I've seen some people who, like, who are really into it and really into this thing, and they're like, I think the Delver decks would actually be better if they just cut Ragavan. Like, if you just played Delver, DRC, Murktide. Like, your deck would actually probably probably just be better. Whatever. Now, you remember all the games where someone turn one Ragavan, so it doesn't get answered, and it runs away with the game, obviously. And I do think in, in some ways that, uh, especially in some matchups, it's actually better in Legacy than it is in Modern, because the fact that, like, there's so much, like, especially when you're playing in paper tournaments where and I think about this from, like, team events or, like, where, where Legacy gets paid, played in paper more, right? You're not looking at, like, too many open events. You're looking at team events where one person's forced to play Legacy, right? Or you're looking at, like, smaller invitational-like stuff. And when that happens, people don't generally reach too far for their decks. They're like, I'm just going to play a really good deck, right? They're going to play Delver. They're going to they're gonna play the top-tier decks. And when that happens, everyone has Ponder and Brainstorm in their deck, right? Everyone has these one-mana cards, in, in a format where that's the thing, Ragavan's ability actually matters, right? But when you're playing in a format where, like, people are playing Storm, you know, Red Stompy, and, like, you know, they're playing Lands, like, Ragavan's, like, not even that good of a card against all these. Like, I mean, obviously, it's, like, it's good in spots. It's pretty good against Mono Red, you know, sometimes it's, like, letting you cast your spells. But you get what I'm saying. It's not, like, yeah. the, the idea you have in your head where the, the card runs away with the game. I, you know... Uh, I agree that like there's a lot of times when Ragavan is, is fairly mediocre, you know, and you can draw it late and it just can never connect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's easy to to put those out of your mind. I think people have overhyped Ragavan a little bit across multiple formats. Um, and, and, but the the thing I'm I'm thinking of, you know, when when you're trying to figure out what cards to ban from a format and you're trying to target certain decks, it's a little bit like thought seizing your opponent. Right. Yeah. You're taking it. It's yeah. a it's a very you know precise That's you know really surgical analogy, maneuver that you're trying to make. And one of the one of the you know major um, you know rules of thumb when resolving thought seize or any point discard spell is you you take the unique card out of your opponent's hand. You try to take an angle of attack away from them. So if they only have one threat, you take the threat and you you leave them w- you know without one. And now you know you, you're not under any pressure and you can you know measure your your spells as as you want. You know, if they only have the one counter spell, the one removal spell, like take those and leave the, you know, and when I look, you know, you know, is a Delver sort of the deck that, uh, you know, is at the top of, or has been at the top of, of Legacy, maybe until recently. Um, 
you know, of the cards yeah, I would you, consider banning. You can still say it's just the best. Like, yeah. It's, it's just always going to be the best deck, okay. quote unquote. But yeah. of the cards I would consider banning, so this is n- not taking out Force Will Day's Brainstorm, because I don't think you should ban any of those. The unique cards really are Merktide Regent and Expressive Iteration. Merktide is a very different threat than the other three that they're playing. Iteration is, you know, a different kind of cantrip than Brainstorm or Ponder. Um, or I guess just then Ponder or, you know, uh, and Iteration really does give that, you know, Iteration and Merktide are the cards that give these this Delver deck different angles that it didn't have before. So t- taking them out of the format makes a lot of sense. And I think I think of those three, I think, I think Ponder is the worst in almost in almost every aspect now yeah because like ponder a lot of the times you have to keep it when like you might only want two or three of two of the three cards but you have to get through that third card if you want to keep it you know or you got to shuffle and take a random one with expressive veneration you just get to look at those top three pick two of them and the third one goes away and you get you get a clean top deck brainstorm if you play it correctly you know if you play <laughs> tight enough you're almost never in a situation where you're going to lock yourself and you just get three cards for it's ancestral recall right and having you know, two cards in your deck that do that, that immediately look at three, right? And you're getting at least one of them right away, if not two of them, right? And then you don't have to, because like someone's like, oh, but ponder, you get one of them right away too, right? But no, you have to deal with the other shit. Like, you have yeah. to deal with the other two cards, right? Like you've heard me talk about this. Like you remember before we had Expressive Federation, I played, you know, Brainstorm, Ponder, and Preordain. And I talked about how as the game went on, like early, like Ponder's great, but as the game went on, Preordain actually became better because you could just get through your deck easier. You can yeah. clean the top off, right? And even if you did have a fetch land, you were, you were often saving it for a brainstorm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? you didn't want to get locked. Yeah, exactly, right? And stuff like that. So the more we talk about this, I don't know, Expressive Iteration just sounds very smart to me and kind of where I'd go. Chance of that happening? Practically zero, probably. I just don't think they'd, they'd get here without talking to some people. We'll, so. we'll see. But yeah, the I, I hadn't really thought about what's going on with Legacy, but the, you know, the more I've thought about it now, it just makes so much sense. You're so smart, Ross. Now, speaking of formats you've thought of and played, I assume there's a chance we have something happen in Modern this weekend, though I don't know if we need it to happen. Yeah, I think there's definitely a chance. I, I, yeah, I agree. Definitely a chance. You know, I, I, but if no changes happened, I wouldn't be that surprised. Right, because it seems like it's... I mean, like, I, I haven't heard too many complaints about the format. So l- l- let's talk about this end of it first, because I think people know where I'm going to go with that. Let's talk about this end of it first. Let's talk about cards that might be on the chopping block. I've seen some people talking about this. The first thing that comes to mind for me is companions, either specifically cards or just companions in general. Uh, yeah, and if you were asking me what I wanted to have happen on Tuesday, it's ban Luris. Now, do you want to ban Luris or do you just want to take companions out? I don't want to take companions out. I think the rest of them are fine. You know, Yorian decks are, are balanced and I don't mind them. The other, like, Obosh decks are fine. The rest basically don't see play. I guess Kihira and Gigantha, you know, show up occasionally as rolls. kind of throw-ins. Yeah, as free yeah. rolls. Uh, and the rest really don't see play. You know, sometimes you see, like, fun Lutri decks. Like, why get rid of those? You know, right. let people have oh, their fun. Deck with, is sweet, yeah, let way. people have their fun. Every single person who I've seen play, like you know, try that deck out is like, this deck is you know not great, but it is competitive and super yeah. fun. So yeah. like, why why would you get rid of that? Because the re- the rest of them are not a problem. Luris is the the one that is a problem. It is in a huge portion of decks, and at this point, you know, when when companions first came out, first were released. And everybody was trying to figure out how to build it with Luris in modern. It was an interesting deck building decision because we had to cut all of the cards that you know that were staples, your Lilianas, your seasoned pyromancers, and things like that, um, to to make room for 
uh, you know, to make room for the Luris companion, and it ended up being worth it. And you saw a bunch of cards see a little bit more play, I think, than they otherwise would have. Now that they've become stock for a year, you know, almost a year, right? Was it last? Mi- no, it was two. It was almost two years now. It, uh, it feels like forever, and it feels like no time at all. Time has no yeah. meaning to me anymore, Ross. Right, it, anyway, it has just become stale as a result, and now in, rather than being new and somewhat interesting, like, and I would say it was only interesting for like two months, right? Two, maybe three. Um, yeah. It, it now it's actively restricting the percentage of the card pool that sees play. It has definitely constricted the format quite a bit. Yeah, and that's a problem. It is also incredibly powerful. It gives, uh, you know, we we're just talking about expressive iteration, giving the, you know, uh, Delver decks a different angle of attack. I think Luris is a big reason why Death Shadow is, you know, one of the best decks in modern, if not the yeah, best deck. Exactly. And Shadow normally would be, you know, pretty disadvantaged in mid-range mirrors because they're playing a more aggressive game plan. They don't have as much card advantage, but the free advantage from Luris is a really, really big deal. And you're able, with your extra disruption, you're, I think that deck is best able to set up and protect its own Lurises because you get to play Drown in the Lock uh, and you have a bun- bunch of discard like a lot of the other decks do. Um, so it's just the best Luris deck and other decks having more main deck card advantage like Jund Saga, having Urza Saga and Ren uh, and you know things like that. It just doesn't match up to the power of be just consistently answering opposing Lurises and setting up your own because Lurus will eventually take over the game. So the Shadow decks end up having you know sort of the best of both worlds again. Like they're they're the most aggressive mid range deck, the best against linear strategies, but they're not disadvantaged in the attrition oriented mid range mirrors. And it really is because of the warping effect of Lurus and Bauble. I I could see them getting rid of Bauble, but I think Bauble does some good things for other like weird decks. Um, and it's good for Urza Saga, which I don't think is too good. I'd rather just get rid of Luris and let people fucking play Season Pyromancer and Liliana again. Mm-hmm. So here's the two points I, I I have for that. And it's two points that when you hear this, I want you to, if, if you don't think, you're like, oh, I don't know if I agree about Luris not being okay. Here, here's two points I want to make about it. They changed the companion rule, right? They changed the companion rule, and it's still the most broken thing to be doing in modern. <laughs> right? Yeah. They, they literally added three mana to the cost of this card, and it's still the best card in the format. Still busted as hell. Two, the quote-unquote building restriction on it is not a restriction at all. Like, it's it's really just not. I think it decks. generally causes people to build their decks better better yeah exactly right not not to say that it is optimal to only play ones and twos but i think generally people are inclined to put too many threes and fours in their decks exactly like this is literally like when um they banned bridge from below and i was like oh we decided to make the the other deck actually just better now because like i remember playing that deck i remember playing uh hogak when it had bridge from below and i'm like i feel like sometimes my draws are clunky or the deck's trying to do too many things and then they banned it and i took like three draws with the that deck i'm like this is yeah. much better. Let's just like, put Seder Wayfinder in our deck yeah. and just this is what, this is just, I'm trying to kill you. I'm not trying to do cute things. I'm not trying to have this extra way to win game one. This is like, it's it's just way more linear. It's way more like consistent, focused, consistent. And and that's what these like really cheap decks like Grix's Death Shadow are. And, you know, I've seen quite a lot. I've been watching, you know, the modern trophy challenge race thing going on. And... A lot of the trophies that have been going to these players are from Grix's Death Shadow. And I watch them play like they never run out of gas. And, like, you know, you made this point. It's exactly like we were talking about Legacy. It's like this isn't what was intended, but it's what happens when you have 40 sets to kind of get cards from, you know. 
And again, I don't think we should ban expressive iteration in this format. I think it's very good for modern, I actually think. Considering that we don't have ponder, we don't have brainstorm. You know, having a card like yeah. this is fine, you know. So that's a that's a card. I'm glad that you mentioned Bobble. That's kind of where I was going to go next. Do you think we should get rid of Bobble? Like you said, I think it, you think it's really cool for other decks that allow some of these like artifact decks to exist and delirium decks to exist and stuff like that. Like there's just other you're hurting too many other decks by by, yeah. by hurting this card specifically if you can get away with it. If you're going to keep Lurus around, then maybe you consider it. <laughs> but like at that point, I think we're hurting uh, other things to keep this around. I would, uh, yeah, I, I would be okay with them banning Bobble and leaving Luris, but I think just I think it's cleaner to just ban Luris. Cleaner, right? Uh, another one that I've seen some people talk about, and I think this is interesting to think about, is Omnath. It's like I don't know if those decks have ever just been like oppressive or ridiculous. I don't but, even like, think that gonna, deck is good. Yeah, I, that's the thing. It's like, but if you're going to keep Yorion around and stuff like that, people have talked about like maybe we just want Omnath gone, and like I, that's what I, I was trying to figure out why. You know, like I was like, someone sell this to me. The the four so the, like there's the four color you know money pile deck, right? Yeah, the, the deck's like seven thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know people can't rent it on Magic Online because it costs yeah. too much money. It's not like in their you know the their their range, their scope. Yeah, yeah. So, but and and it's I would say it is the third most popular deck in modern right now after Hammer and Shadow, uh, and it's generally pretty successful. My experiences with it have been very negative. As have Corey's. He's, he's talked about this on Versus, where like he's tried the deck, and he figured he was going to love it. He actually bought it. He bought a, a IRL copy of it, because yeah. he wanted to change a pace from Shadow, and he's a maniac. So he just you know threw thousands of dollars uh, into a, a fire, and bought this deck, and you know played with it, and was like, it was clunky and not good, and when I've played with it, it's been clunky and just like awkward, and it doesn't seem like it has a huge advantage even in like the late game because of these decks all have iteration and Luris and shit. So like, why? Like you know, what is the point of being this clunky? So it never made sense to me why that deck was so popular and four color creativity, which is sort of like the same deck for the first three turns, but then has this great combo kill instead of ephemerating exactly. and, and you know casting Eladomri's call. Uh, you yeah, know th- that deck really likes to die with six cards in its hand. Yes, yeah, like, loves it. it. Oh yeah, and like that's what I'm saying. It does all the cool things. Don't get me wrong. When I look at the pile of cards and I see that yeah. every card has draw a card attached to it, and then it's got ephemerate. You know, it's got all these ways to recast them with like Eternal Witness and shit. I'm like, yeah, this looks great. And then I watch someone play it, and like, yeah, they're doing all these cool things every turn, right? And they get these incremental value, and then our opponent's just like, kill you, like <laughs> actually kill you, like you know, do something very powerful, linear, yeah. and attack you. Instead of casting Mold Drifter for the third time this game, <laughs> you know, I'm like, dude, that's yeah. not, it's not what you, no, stop, this the, isn't cube. <laughs> like, so, yeah, like, that's the exact kind of deck that I think pe- the hive mind tends to overrate because they just like playing it. Yeah. Um, it, it I, yeah, I, can, I can't imagine banning Omnath. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like a trap. Now, were there any other cards you were thinking about, like, that could be on the chopping block for, for, for banning here? Because, like, it just feels to me like Luris just sticks out. Yeah, that, that's the one. That's the only one that's ever really stuck out to me over the last, you know, year. Uh, and I've played a, a fair amount of Modern in that time frame. Um, you know, yeah. maybe you want to do something to the Hammer deck if you think that deck's too good. Um, I think Cascade decks are kind of annoying. I, d- I was mad when they banned Tybalt's Trickery instead of banning the Cascaders, but I figure I you know then we found out why they did that because they were bringing Charles Agent into Modern, which I also didn't like. Um, but that's more of a, like a personal thing. I don't think those decks are too powerful. I just don't yeah, I mean, like, like them. The, I feel like the Rhinos deck is like almost fallen off the face of the earth. 
So yeah, you definitely uh, not seeing it the numbers that we were. We, we did just see the um, the glimpse of tomorrow deck win a challenge last weekend, <laughs> um, and it's the living living end is the one that's really fallen off. Footfalls is sort of solidly in tier two, whereas it used to be tier one. I think you know people have just figured out the deck's tricks, and you know everybody's got engineered explosives, uh, which is really good against it. But I, I'm looking at the rest of the format, like you know, the, I think the Augmoth deck is cool to exist. Um, you know, nothing out of control seems out of place. I think at this point, Hammer has been down for a couple weeks. I don't think that's a deck you really have to do anything about. And getting rid of Luris is going to you know put a dent in that deck anyway. Yeah. You know, exactly. So, so I think Luris makes sense. I think it's the most likely thing. Yeah. I would love the, to see Luris gone. Yeah. Here's the point that I want to make. Passes. Let's say they don't ban anything, or they just ban Luris, but they do kind of want to shake the format up a little bit. There's one other option they've got. You know where I'm going with this, right? It's unbans? Yeah, everybody's favorite conversation, unbans. Uh, hashtag unban twin win, you know, like everybody always talks about. I don't like the idea of unbanning twin just from, like, a PTSD standpoint of, like, playing modern when I, that deck was around. I can't imagine twin will be healthy when they get to play with, like, all this good red removal and force of negation and Raghavan. See, <laughs> see that's the thing. I am worried about Raghavan in, uh, in that deck and, like, them just going nuts. But... I, I like kind of talked about with somebody else, and I'm not saying that I would ever be a proponent for for unbanning it, but I actually think you know, like obviously, force negation is a good tool for them to have. But force negation is is actually good against them as well. In fact, it's actually better against the deck than it is for it because they're always going off on their own turn, so like they can't protect themselves with force of negation unless they like pay mana for it. And then also, uh, solitude is a is another card that puts a pretty big damper in their game plan. The fact that like you can now like fight you know on the stack with the the enchantment and if they if they have the way to stop you or whatever you've also got this free spell behind it in solitude that can kind of take care of it as well so it's an interesting thing i've been less vehemently against it in the last few days than i was before him where i was just like no just flat just just stop talking about it kind of thing yeah but you know that's that's something that i've at least you know i've heard i've been like okay maybe 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 i could start to have the thought of what if but uh just probably rather not it just looks really really bad if it goes through the grave troll treatment uh yeah so i agree they've got to be really careful about it i do think there's a couple uh intriguing options i'm, I'm looking at the ban list now i think there's two that could just come off tomorrow and be perfectly fine uh, and uh, What's that? Those are Bridge from Below, which never should have been banned in the first place. Okay. And Umizawa's Jitae, which I've talked about many times before. Jitae is, you know, it's just not 2006 anymore. Loris, <laughs> no, get back Jitae. <laughs> but, like, the, you know, the, the, the creatures are... I guess, like, Jitae might actually be better now with all these Raghavans and DRCs around. Uh, but I still don't think it would be, like, oppressive. But yeah, like, what deck's playing... Like, what deck is playing Jitae other than, like, Hammer? Uh, you know, they, they would play one, probably, yeah. and I think, like, John Saga might play some. Yeah, yeah, I can see them playing one, um, like... You know, uh, you know... I'm sure Stoneforge some deck would pop decks, up. Yes, yeah, some, some Stoneforge deck yeah. would pop up, probably. Well, investing four mana to try to, you know, play and equip a Jite in the face of all this good, efficient removal is a big risk, and the payoff isn't as big because creatures are bigger now. Right, I definitely think you could bring back Jitte. And, and that back then there wasn't very good um, artifact 
removed, yeah, we don't right? Want, you didn't have Kolagon's command. Yeah, K, like, K like, command, prismatic yeah. ending. You know, every deck is prepared to, to yeah. destroy artifacts in a way that wasn't in 2006. So Yeah, like a Braid becomes another busted card again because it kills Ragavan, kills DRC, and now kills, you know, Jitte. That card becomes yeah. popular and stuff again. As so the, well, so. those those two, I think, are are easy options for them to unban, but they don't really change the format very much. I think there's two somewhat interesting ones that I would consider and look further into, and those are Green Sun Zenith and Birthing Pod. Okay. Like mid-range green creature decks are basically non-existent right now. Yeah. How does Birthing Pod match up against like Quick Clocks and Counter Spell? Yeah, and you know, again, like Coligan's Command. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I remember people boarding in Ancient Grudge against me when I was playing Birthing Pod decks, right? You know, it's a lot better when they get to have Cake Mans and Braids and stuff. So, uh, and, it, you know, it's a lot slow. It's, uh, it's a lot easier for them to answer your mana creatures on turn one, so you can't cast it on turn two. Um, and just generally, like, you know, the, the, those are decks, like, mid-range green value creature decks are decks that could use a shot in the arm. You know, you, you don't really see those kind of company decks like you did five, six years ago. Uh, and both of these cards would help them. Greens and Zenith, I think, would also help um, uh, Amulet Titan. Probably be very good in that deck. I, my guess is that, that they would start playing a, a Dryad Arbor <laughs> in their in their mana base. Um, yeah, I'm not so sure about Green Sun Zenith, honestly, but we'll see. That, yeah, that, yeah they're, they're, you know, I'm not super confident on those, but there are two that I, I would look at and consider, um, you know, it's less to do with the cards themselves and more to do with the fact that those decks, I think, need, need some help right now. And that, that's a way to help them. But you got to figure out, like, you know, exactly how, how busted would they be. I, I also have one more thing that, that I think could come off. And this is even more speculative. But it's it's the Artifact Lands. Like, you know, KCI is gone. Mm-hmm. Like, what busted thing are people doing with them? I think once you got a, a million Artifact Lands, like, Thought Monitor decks would get a lot better. That seems cool. Um... Like what deck is busted? You know, like Fro- Frog might some stop Urza, some Urza deck maybe. But like, you know, your lands tap for a mana anyway. Now they tap for blue with Urza. Like, you know, yeah, no, no, no. I get that. I'm just saying, like, you know, some kind of like artifacts matter Urza deck. I mean, like, yeah, you'd probably have a new blue deck come out that has that. And uh, what's the new one that draws you? Thought Monitor. Yeah. And some like Thought Monitor is pretty good. And like, some other stuff, you know, but like, is, is there a can an affinity deck exist? You know, it hasn't since Mox Opal, right? Yeah, like, it just wouldn't be. Yeah, it wouldn't be affinity. It's like you know, maybe you put Ravager in that deck. You know, maybe yeah. you put uh, like it would probably be like Artifact Lands, all that stuff, and then you'd probably have like Ravager plus um, plus Ballista in some way, shape, or form because like you could just combo. You can just be like play Ballista, sack everything Ravager, sack it to sack it to Ballista, you know, kill yeah. you. So now but you're just point, doing like, like the Hardened Scales elaborate. thing. That's elaborate. Yeah, exactly. Like, you probably even have Hardened Scales in it. It'd probably just be Hardened Scales or something along those lines, you know, of that kind of thing. And then is that is that bad for the format? I, I don't think so. You know, maybe, hey, maybe you only unban some of them. Yeah. Uh, I think I think the biggest impediment to unbanning the Artifact Lands was the existence of Mox Opal. And now with Opal yeah. gone, like... Honestly, they're, I think the deck you would reasonable. just be like you'd almost just be like green black, right? You could you could even maybe even play constrictor, but you play like hardened scales, you play the green black lands, and then um you 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 play all the all the stuff like that, you play disciple of the vault. So you just straight up combo them. Yeah. Uh you gotta be blue for thought cast and thought monitor, but Yeah, I mean like I mean, that's not hard to do. Yeah, right? you could probably just be like play your twelve artifact lands and then play, you know, your glimmer voids and spire of industries, right? Yeah. You just do the yeah. do the rainbow mana base. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely see that. You know, and 
you know, if we if we do this, if we start if we start taking out a few things, right? Like we take out the Lur, we take Luris out. Take, it, it also opens back up, like it quote unquote unbans some other decks too. Like you know, do decks like a, like the the fringe decks, do decks like Affinity and stuff start coming back? You know, does this hurt Burn too much? I don't think it does. I think Burn's still playable without Luris, you know, and stuff like that. So like, yeah, you know, that's another thing to think about too. Is like, what does this do to the format as a whole? I'm not sure that any deck completely goes away without Luris. That's a current Luris deck. And it's one of the reasons I liked it as a ban. Mm -hmm. No, I'm I'm right there with you. Like, I think it's great that you and I have mostly agreed on like everything here. You know, it's, it's, it's been very different to, to agree with you this much on this kind of stuff, but the unbans are definitely interesting to me. I'm firmly in the fact that like, just give us Jitte, see what happens, especially with like, I actually think it'd be kind of cool timing to unban Jitte right before the new Kamigawa set comes out. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's actually just really, really cool. You know, like, for people who don't get it, Uzam Jitte came out in the original Kamigawa Yeah, it was uh, in Betrayers. So, yeah. Uh, it was in the second set, yeah, right? I think Betrayers. Betrayers. Yeah, it was Betrayers. It was Kamigawa, Betrayers, Champions, right? Champions uh, of Kamigawa. So Champions was the big set in the fall. Saviors, that was the first Saviors, one. Saviors, yeah. Saviors was the, the, was the spring yeah. set. Mm-hmm. Betrayers was the winter. So, yeah, so there's all that coming out. So, which that's probably going to be our next episode, by the way. It's like, I think we're getting spoilers like yeah, this I th- week. I, th- I think they're going to start next week. Yeah. It's going to be a really busy week for me because it's also like Flesh and Blood starts up this week. Like, we're starting to get, we're going to get hammered with like infinite stuff from them as well. So, I'm going to be like all over the place. And I can't wait for it. I'm going to be losing my mind. But yeah, I, I, I think Modern can actually be in a really, really cool spot. And I think, again, the timing of it would be great. You know, you've got an event in what, like two weeks? Yeah, three weeks. You know, yeah, sh- for, shake it up a little Philly? bit because I, I think people, you know, we've had about six months of fun, dynamic, interesting, modern play since MH2 was released, and it's starting to get stale at this point. Yeah. And so I think a shakeup right now is perfect timing. We've got some events coming, um, and, and there, you know, the obvious one is Ban Luris, but some cool unbans. You know, mm-hmm. the un- unbans are always sweet. Because people have nostalgia for, you know, there's always people who have nostalgia yeah. for any card that's on that ban list. Because that may be Tybalt's trickery. That might be the only one people don't have nostalgia for. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, are, are there any ones that I didn't mention that you think might be safe to, to unban or something you would consider? I don't know. I always, like, looked at the artifact lands as, like, po- possible. Jitte was the big one for me. I was like, I think we've come to the time where, like, if... If you have a modern format where Jitte is a problem, then, like, I don't know if that's actual modern. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? I don't know if I'm wording that correctly, but, like, when I think of modern, like, what kind of format is it that Jitte is a problem? Like, if Jitte decks become a problem, I'm just going to Tron your ass. Like, I don't (laughs) give a shit about the card Jitte. I'm going to literally cast card on you on turn three and laugh at you. What if I play Storm? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? There's another card. Okay, so here's the one that that I've thought of. But the thing is, this one comes with a caveat, and the caveat is you have to you have to possibly get rid of a few cards if you bring this one back. But I'd actually be kind of down for it. I would be okay if you banned a few cards. I'd have to like think about exactly which ones to ban, and we brought back Faithless Looting. <sighs> yeah, Ross is getting hot. Yeah, Ross is having to fan himself down here, <sighs> but. Ooh, don't tease me like that. Yeah, but like you know, if you got rid of a few of like the dredge cards. Or whatever, like because you would have to ban Stinkweed in for sure. Yeah, just ban Stinkweed up or something like that. Like, see, just see how it is. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's just too good. They don't want to do it. It's just and, too and soon. And maybe Golgari Thug. Yeah, like maybe it's just too soon to do it. But like, here's the thing: do that ban Luris, 
And then, like, you'll see, uh, what's it called, come back, Mardu Pyromancer. And it's like, that card's good in, in, in modern. Like, if that deck's good in modern, like, I think you're in a good spot. That, yeah. like, a Mardu Pyromancer is a deck that, like, is good, you know? I The other thing I would be worried about is um, Persist and Gorgeous okay. Vengeance. Okay. That um, deck has just never been good, though. But the being able to per- persist with Archon is a lot more consistent. Okay, you know, that's with the Gor- the Gorios Gristlebrand, you know, has to be right all away, in one the, turn. When you said persist for a second, I went to the ability. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? No, <laughs> I was like, no, what are you actually, talking about? No, like, persist on like, turn <laughs> yeah, one looting, turn two persist my Archon. Okay. Is... That, yeah, that would be a problem. I think is actually something I'd be worried about. Yeah. And you know, you do have force negation the format. You do have solitude. We do have some some graveyard hate and is is that the kind of format that you want to have possible like you have all these things because again that's another format where jitte sounds fine jitte sounds okay can you imagine that mirror match jitte and uh mardu pyromancer against each other and then it's like who draws the colagons <laughs> command first you know like that's pretty much what it comes down to it's like race to get my jitte on a, a fucking thing and attack you like kill your your young pyromancer in a token like you know like yeah gg yeah, did you equip to something else? Go. Like, you're like, well, shit. Yeah, that was the biggest thing for us. When we first saw Jitte, we were like, yeah, this card is good. And we were like, oh, it's combat damage. Yeah. It's not just, you know, hits a player, like a sword. It's like, no, attack, block, everything. Literally, you get to attack with this card, it's over. Have it's I like told you the story damage. the first time I played with Jitte? No. So I didn't play a lot of magic between Betrayers and Saviors. I did, unfortunately. Uh, I ended up sort of like transitioning playgroups. I'd been playing with some of my friends in high school, but they were all seniors. And so they were, you know, getting ready to go off to college and they just weren't playing much magic. Um, And I got in with another group of people that I ended up, you know, PTQing with for years after that. Um, But that was after like, you know, like three or four months of not really playing much. And we started going to some PTQs that summer, and it was uh, it was block constructed. And I think it, I think this tournament wasn't a PTQ. It was like what we were using to t- you know to help warm you know test for the for the PTQ like the next week or something. It was like a you know a GPT level event. You know, thirty people at a store, and they you know explained to me what you know GTA did. I didn't even read the card, and I started playing with it. And I won round one, and. and like you know, I told them you know what I did with the GTA. I was like, this card is busted, and they're just like, Ross, you cheated. Like I was using GTA to pump any creature, not just the one it was equipped to. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> like because they they just kind of abbreviated. They're like, yeah, you you get two counters, and you can you can give minus one minus one to something, plus two plus two, or you can gain two life. Uh, and they didn't you know explain the difference that the minus one minus one was any creature, and the plus two plus two was just the equipped creature. So like I was attacking with with multiple creatures, and I was and they like they didn't they didn't have enough blockers, and I had like three counters on. I was like, okay, give plus six plus six to an unblocked creature, and then they, and they're like, okay, I'm dead. This sounds like the Jim Davis uh, Pyromancer Ascension. And that, no, it was or, um, it was the three mana one. Flame. Aria, Aria, Aria Flame. Yeah, yeah this J- sounds like the Aria Flame story. It's like, he's like, yeah, I'm like, which creature I'll kill? Everyone's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me? Like, yeah, I killed this one and this one. What's the, what's the next one? Uh, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, so. we, we've, that was round one. To, for like, like, let everybody know, Jim, Jim we, we quickly corrected him. Yeah, yeah. Jim, it's like, uh, buddy. <laughs> uh, I have some bad news. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah, definitely some bad news. It's not as busted as you think or whatever. But, but yeah, so like, and honestly, like, here's the other thing, too. If, if they say, eh, no changes in modern, I'd be like, yeah, kind of makes sense, right? Like, you know, you haven't heard too many complaints. I've heard a lot of people say that modern's probably been the healthiest it's been in, like, the last year. Yeah. It's, and it's been for a while. MH1, MH2 has been a lot better than MH1. Yeah, and, like, the, it, you know, the format seems great. Like, Ragavan and DRC aren't, like, taking over. You know, they're good. 
Don't get me wrong, you know, but I wouldn't mind seeing them like open it up a little bit. Cause like, that's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, when we look at it, you could always look at bans in a bad way, right? And, like, you kind of should, right? It sucks that we have to do this for the game, but it's it's for the overall health of the game, right? Yeah. And, like, you no longer get to play with this card if it completely kills your deck, which happens sometimes, right? Like, you know, sometimes a deck just gets killed. It's, it's happened right? to me three or four times in modern. Right. <laughs> and, you've, and you've bought into a deck, and I'm talking about people that are even less enfranchised than you, right? That have yeah. less uh, chances than you. Because, like, here's the thing. Card availability is not really a thing for people like you and me. Not not really. No. You know what I mean? Not compared to like the average, you know, Joe Schmo who's playing this, right? And I don't mean that in a bad way. That's that wasn't trying to be negative about Joe Schmo here, but like I, I'm actually yeah, on Joe. your side here. Huh? <laughs> we love Joe Schmo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm actually trying to be on your side here, and the fact that that's the worst case scenario, and that's like the thing they want to avoid. They don't want you to just like buy into a deck, and then a month later the deck's just dead. Like you can't play it, right? So. That's why when we're talking about this, the ideal stuff is like, yeah, like maybe you unban Jitte because like it doesn't kill any deck, but it might even make other decks playable, like, right, that come back. So like, yeah, if you ban Luris, it doesn't kill Grixis Death Shadow, right? It doesn't kill Burn. It just, it makes the format a little more fair. You know, it makes it, it makes it okay, yeah. right? And so if you bought into those cards, it's not that bad. You also, you just have a lot of bases for other modern decks as well. You know, like Inquisition, Thoughtseizer, and those fetch lands and those dual lands are going to be great all the time. Like, yeah. those are staples, you know, kind of thing. So, I think it's a, a you know, it's a very interesting idea. And I, I think maybe freshening this up right before we get some actual events is really cool. I I was just going to say I'll watch coverage of very much interest. And then immediately in my head, I was like, wait, there's no coverage. And I got re- yeah, I got real sad real fast, actually. <laughs> but, you know, I'll start watching, you know, Twitch again a lot more you know like hey what's the cool new thing that's going on right and uh do do, do i think anything random gets banned i i don't think they have an in them to ban fury or anything like that because that's, a, that's another card too like yeah like oh you're gonna play a jitte deck fury you like good luck so why you know, can't like, we have green sun zenith tannin they have fury okay if, if my opponents fury? get to play with fury my green deck should get green sun zenith here's the thing I think Fury's a more fair card than Green Sun Zenith. As the Green Sun Zenith is like a little more on the unfair side of just, and Fury's just on the very, very good side of fair. They were Green Sun Zenith thing for Wild Nakatol Tannen. That's I'm why. Not, that's why it got banned. Look, because people made bad decks and bad choices with good cards doesn't mean they yeah. should be unbanned. Okay. The 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 only potential issue is it finding Primeval Titan, but like that deck is also like it. You know, if that's a tier one deck again, you know, we've we've done that before. The reason they don't... Also, one of the main reasons they don't want cards like Green Sun Zenith and Pod is because of the homogeny problem. All the decks just become the same. They just become way too repetitive and way too similar, and they don't want that in the game. And, like, well, that was... If I remember right, that's literally what they said, like, in the, you know, the little yeah. paragraph they give us. They like, wanted some more diversity. But if green decks are unplayable, you know, like, green creature decks are unplayable, then I'd rather they be homogenous, <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure. That's a step up. You just want elves playable again. I know what it, I know what this is really about. Yeah, I just want to play green creatures, Tandon, all the time. Little green men. You just want the alien decks. Yeah, I get, yeah. It, I get it. Let me play. I don't know how. I'll, I don't know how I'll make it work. But just let me play eight hierarchs, four greens and zenith, and a dryad arbor, and I'll figure out the rest. Now, these aren't the only formats that possible things could happen in. I don't know if like a standard thing finally happens. You know, because like they seem to have literally just abandoned standard. Like it just doesn't exist. Like I, they announced the next like quote unquote pro tour thing, and it's on arena with no standard, which is. 
the biggest laugh yeah. I've gotten it's, in a al- long time. Well, they're just replacing standard with alchemy. But you get what I'm saying. I was just like, LOL, this is ridiculous. Yeah. But do you think there's a chance they touch Pioneer with the reinterest that's coming up a little bit lately? So I think they should look into it, but I don't think yeah. anything in Pioneer needs to be banned. I think Again, the format is pretty healthy. Agreed. Like maybe you really don't like the like Ascendancy deck or, you know, because, you know, Pioneer now has a sort of stigma attached to it where like combo is too good. But I think that that deck is sweet. Um, you know, maybe you think, uh, I guess actually the, the, the cards you would target are the Delph, the Delph cards, right? Cruise and dig, mm-hmm. because with the, the addition of consider, those cards have just gotten a lot easier to cast. There's also even, you know, temporal trespass with Galvanic iteration in the Phoenix deck. So maybe you're talking about three Delph cards now. Um, I, th- those would be the considerations. Um, it, but I think the metagame has adapted pretty well to Phoenix and with renewed interest, like there's a lot to explore because it's been about a year of you know not very much interest in in Pioneer. I personally would let things play out before taking significant action. You know, yeah. th- things are on the up and up. You don't want to alienate people from this format. You want to get, you want people to start playing it. Everyone who has been playing it recently has been saying good things about it. We just did our first AKA Pioneer Todd Anderson. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, we, we did our first Pioneer versus live show in a while, and it was great. Our viewership numbers were good. Um, and we're going to do more. So if you, you know, if you liked that or you want to see more Pioneer, maybe you missed that one. Um, we'll, we'll probably bring you another Pioneer episode next week. Um, so, you know, right now things are going well for it. So to me, it's like, you know, why, why would you mess with it when it, things are finally turning around for the format? If a yeah. problem emerges, you know, you can make a, a thing there, but, or make a decision later, but Cruise and Dig are, are definitely the two cards that are on the chopping block, I would say. I uh, got to agree with you almost 100%. I'm not sure you need to mess with Cruise or Dig. If you want to actually you know, put them down a peg, maybe you do actually just take a card out of the combo deck at some point. Because like you said, you made this point. They've almost kind of like, I mean, again, I feel like they don't care about this format anymore. But they kind of made this thing with the format. is like they wanted the format to be quote unquote fair. Right, like they didn't want the format to like have a busted combo deck in it. Right, you know, we took out inverter. You know, we we kept mono green from being the like I have twelve mana on turn three every game kind of thing. You know, they they kind of tried to play that down and some of the other stuff that I'm even you know uh, is it a real breach ban? I think they uh, breaches ban breaches ban and pioneer. Yeah, you know they, that's what I'm saying. Like they 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 tried to keep it quote unquote fair, and so like maybe that's something they do actually go after. And like here's the thing. I think it's okay if you have a deck like Ascendancy that's like, hey, it's pretty consistent, like turn four or five, right? You know, but when it starts, it starts getting like really oppressive turns, like three, four, and f- like consistently. You know, if it's a little slower than that, that's fine. But if it gets a little too fast for the format, then like, yeah, like I just think the format, like when I think of that format, man, I just want Glorybringer to be playable. You know what I mean? I want like five mana cards to be playable because like a format like that, you know, we don't have standard anymore, and that's kind of cool. Like, I like that. That's fun. Not every format has to be like, you know, you know we, we joke about this as a video efficient. game reference. It doesn't have to be sweaty, you know, where you're like, I'm trying to win as quickly and as fast as possible at all times and like just doing the most efficient thing as possible. <laughs> it's like, dude, let me have a little fun. Yeah, sometimes you, know? you got to take your time. You got to make some love, Tannen. Yeah, <laughs> sure. If you want to call that, yeah. Glo- you know what? You're right. Casting Glorybringer is kind of like making love. So yeah. <laughs> For some of us, it is. All of us try to do it. We probably don't do it correctly or efficiently, but, you know, whatever. Anyway, some other mm-hmm. sexual innuendo joke. but It's not a race. Um, it's not a race. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't, I can't not laugh at that. Right, <laughs> I got him. You, you broke me. You actually broke me for a second there. But, yeah, so, like, 
I think overall, like, the, the idea is something's going away in Legacy. Yeah. Modern will see a shakeup in some way, shape, or form, because I think it's just actually good for the format. Not that the format's not in a good spot. I think it's just actually cool and needed to have something change, right? Yep. You know, it's start, you're starting to get stale. It's starting to become lame duck. You know, you don't want that to happen. Um, I do actually think they'll probably make an announcement for, and we didn't mention this yet, I do think Alchemy is going to have something change. I, I don't even know, like, what's good, what cards have been changed from Standard, but, but I do know every person who's played Alchemy has told me the format is bad. Yeah, so they may change some more cards in Standard, but they'll change an Alchemy card or two, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the, na- the damn name of the card. I've cast it a million times. The four-mana mana artifact. So it's, like, it's four mana, it comes into play tapped, and it taps for two of any combination of colors, but then it, like, seeks a card into your hand from the spell book. That card's, like, kind of not okay. Yeah. They, or they need to change the cards that are in it. Because, like, the, the the disparity of the cards are, like, kind of unreal, right? It has, like, Claim the Firstborn into, like, Lightning Bolt, Lightning Helix, like, Putrefy, right, Electrolyze. And then all of a sudden it just goes, like, Counterspell, Demonic Tutor, right? <laughs> Wrath of God, like, uh, Second Son. So it's, like, either it gets you the best card in your deck, kills everything they've got, or wins the game. Or you can claim the firstborn their fucking thing. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, what? And the other crazy thing is it puts the card into your hand. It's not a token. It's not anything that goes away. So, like, it also has time walk or time warp in it. So, if you get time warp, you've got time warp, and then time warp goes to your graveyard. So, you, or you get to expressive iteration in. Because, you know, a lot of people are just playing this and is it. So, like, you get to play this card that functions great in your deck, right? And the fact that it goes from four to seven, which is huge. With some cards, I wonder which a few. You know, because you <laughs> play this and you play a land. And then some of the cards that it gets out of it, almost all of them are really, really good for you to copy. With the you know, the cards in your deck that are good, or they're cards that you want in your deck anyway. Do, like do they ha- do they have a good copy spell tannin? Does that does that exist? Yes. Yes. <laughs> also, like Time Warp is just fucking banned and historic. And instead <laughs> it's just like you just have this way to get it and cast it in this format. It just doesn't make sense, Ross. <laughs> It doesn't make sense. And like, look, I loved it in Cube. It was great. In fact, every single time I had it, I'm like, do I have ways to bounce this to my hand? I want to do this again. I loved it so much the first time. I want to do it again. <laughs> I literally had a deck the other night where I, I played this game against a mid-range deck. I had this like weird blue-white like creature deck. And I played this game against a mid-range deck that should pummel me. But I had that artifact in play. I had a Charming Prince. And I had a Yorion. Think about that for a couple seconds. That's pretty good. It, it it's it's yeah. it's exponential it loops as, as the we kids just, say it is it is a loop yeah we just looped it all the time so they got counterspelled like four turns in a row in my deck that did not have the card counterspell in it <laughs> just like counterspell you counterspell like because like you have to pitch a card when it comes into play but like who gives a shit half the time you have flashback spells or like i have this extra like you know what i mean you're like make four land drops cast this thing i do not need my fifth land anymore because i have six mana already right like, so, like, it's not like it's a, that big of a drawback. In fact, a lot of these decks, like, they pitch a flashback spell or they pitch the card that's not good in the matchup. So, like, yeah, y- yeah like, you know, it's kind of a drawback, but really, is it? It's kind of like, you remember when we used to cast Faces Looting all the time? You're like, yeah, you draw two cards for one man, but you have to discard two of them, Ross. And you're like, 
and like I, <laughs> I'm, I'm still not seeing I, the drawback. I, here. I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, I accept I, your I'm terms. Not, yeah, accept your terms, and I gladly pay them. Yeah, you know, like I will so. discard an ArcLight Phoenix and an ArcLight Phoenix, <laughs> yeah. or this land I don't need that doesn't even come into play on Tapped anymore. You know, like <laughs> yeah. you know, just like whatever. Like yeah. So I mean, I, I definitely see Alchemy having a change. Pioneer probably nothing. Modern hopefully something, but like if not meh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But but give it. Get Jitte off the list. Jitte's been behind bars for too long. We've already decriminalized all those things. We've decriminalized Jitte, okay? Yeah. It's been behind bars too much. It just took a little time to get him out because our our system sucks. This is an allegory to uh to, to US, yes, exactly. I'm, I may be making some 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 jokes along that line for people who follow this kind of stuff. And then um Legacy for the love of God, please. <laughs> Save, us. You. Save us. Save us, you're all hope. You. People are dying. We're begging you. <laughs> Make any kind of change, any kind of help. So I think overall, that's it's kind of like where we're at. And I got to say, out of all the episodes we've done talking about bands, I think this one might be my favorite because almost all of them are like optimistic and hopeful and in a good way. We're not like, you know, besides Legacy, and then even then, like you said, it's getting better. We aren't just like, dude, this format's broken. Dude, this yeah. format sucks. Yeah. You know, like Nowhere we, is the sky falling. Except maybe Alchemy. Yeah. I don't know. But. I'm I'm excited about all of them. Like I actually want to see like a new dynamic modern, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and yeah, there's not you know there's not anything that needs to happen. There are just things that we think could happen to make a still a good thing better. So you know that's a good place to be in because you know we've got the chance of a, a reasonable reward, but we're not there's not really a ton of risk involved here. So uh, we're on the the right side of that equation. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's go ahead and uh, start to do a little bit of the cleanup here on the show, uh, the cleanup step or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. Make sure that you check out our sponsor. That's Barrister and Man, Man with Two Ends. Um, I actually, so I'm getting close to, I think I told you about this, I saved some of the boxes they send me and like don't open them. I'm getting really close to opening a new one because like I need a new soap nice. soon. And I don't label them, so I'm not sure which scent I'm getting next. So I'm really excited about that. But lots of cool stuff on their website that you can order for. Uh, for it's uh, you know soaps, shaving stuff. Uh, we've got cologne on there. I started wearing. I started you know if I ever go in public because like let's be real, that's a little bit on, on the lower end right now. But if I ever go in public, I'm starting to wear cologne a little bit again. I hadn't done that in a very long time, but it just smells so damn good. Oh yeah, Ross. Well, I've got I've and, had a bottle of cologne from them for a while, and I I would say I I. I would say I wear it regularly, but not frequently. And, like, I've talked about this before. If you want to appeal to my vanity or to your vanity at home, it's the best shave I've ever got. I, I actually think, you know, my facial hair looks better. My skin is better. And then one of the ways to be the most attractive to the person you're trying to be attractive towards is to smell good, Ross. It's 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 a cheat code. Oh, yeah. And s- smell is something that you remember. Like You could, you could look like freaking Leonardo DiCaprio if you smell bad. They, they ain't coming close to you. <laughs> True, true. Yeah. And so, not only is it the, the cologne, but like the, the soap scents are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always talk What's, about Seville being my favorite one. Is that the rain one? No, Which that's one's the rain one. That's Petrichor. I was about to say, I was about to say Petrichor, and I'm like, that's not the same and word. I, that's I not think good. they discontinued Petrichor, unfortunately. Boo. I think I still have some. Though. I, Ooh, I, is it like limited edition now? Do I get more money for it if I, I sell it on the I, secondary market? I, I have a bottle of the, the aftershave. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I I often use, but Seville and I actually I didn't like Bay Rum the first time I used it, and I got another bar of it, and I really liked it the second time. I don't know it's why like, it grew on me. It's great. Yeah, it's like it's a. Like hair. It's yeah. kind of got a spiciness to it, you know, like spiced rum. Uh, yeah. yeah, 
So that that I one's think good. I had that one. I need to try that one out. Yeah. And the the Cologne Russe. Yeah, I think that's the one that I have. I gotta check. I can't remember. It's on the bottle. I haven't looked at it like a couple weeks because it's super cold here and the numbers are insane here right now. So I'm just like not leaving my house very much. Like <laughs> I've been to the grocery store a bunch, but like Ross, Ross can actually see me here. He knows I I keep this tight. You know, I keep yeah. the I keep the facial. Anyone who's seen me, I always have the five o'clock shadow. You know, I keep it kind of tight or whatever. But I do shave a lot along the jawline. Right, keep that keep that accentuated. Make it look good. Make it look clean. You know, you gotta you gotta you gotta know which features work for you, and you gotta accentuate them. You know, you gotta you gotta work that out. So Barrister and Man helps you do that. Uh, make sure you check them out again. That's barristerandman.com. Man with two ends. And Ross, what's the new code for them to get fifteen percent out at checkout? It is MTG Rants twenty twenty two. Yeah, make sure you use that. If you're, I don't know if the old code has been officially discontinued yet, but just use the new code, people. Yeah, it's MTG Rants twenty. 22 make sure you check it out uh let's go ahead and knock a few quick overrated underrated out because we're like so far behind on these but let's just get a few of them in okay uh hold on i gotta like scroll through this i was at the bottom give me one second here ross i know i'm not prepared uh kfet says oh this is a sad one john madden um honestly probably underrated it's been so long since he was a coach you know he's like every, he's in the collective consciousness of football fans as a commentator and a, as you know the face behind the, the, the video, game. video games, yeah. right? But if you look at his numbers as a coach, he Go was look at his record ridiculous, yeah. and he yeah. retired young, so he doesn't he's, he never appears on like the all time like total wins lists. But his win percentage is ridiculously high. He you know he he got a title, and I think he only coached for like ten years, at least as as a head coach. Um, and, and so in. He was a really, really good and, and innovative coach. It took him a while to get over the hump of uh, the the uh, the steel curtain in Pittsburgh with with the Raiders. But he did once, and, and he got his title. So great coach, and uh, rest in peace. Yeah, absolutely, rest in peace. As much as I like, kind of jokingly made fun of you know some of his sound bites because oh, know, him with the tur- him with the turkey legs during the Thanksgiving yeah. Day games. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, the man was a titan in the game. Super influential, super huge. And, uh, you know, the video game system, utterly amazing. Um, just, you know, what else can you say? Yeah. Great guy. I've probably played know. hundreds of hours of Madden in my life, too. Mm-hmm. I used to play a lot. Um, you want to know, uh, know a little known fact about him that you might not know that's actually pretty funny and cool? That he never flew because he had a fear of flying? Yeah. He would always, yeah, he had yeah. a fear of flying, and he would drive. He had a bus that brought him. Yeah. Like a, he had, like, a tour bus. That's and why so, he like, never did time, the Pro Bowl in Hawaii. Yeah. Yep. He has a fear of flying and wouldn't do it. All right. Gold says, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I'm not a big fan of wrestling, so I'm going to say overrated by default. So I'm going to go with underrated, and here's why. Um, I didn't really watch wrestling at this time. What I think this was called the Attitude Era. I think this is what it's, it's known as. And I will tell you this. Um, I, I actually think that it's going to be come to known as quite possibly, like, maybe not, like, literally the golden age of wrestling, because, like, late 80s, early 90s really set the tone for what would happen into Stone Cold, uh era and like really made it what it like it's a, it laid the foundation to become as big as it was because like this is probably when it was at its biggest you know when it was huge in social media and like just pop culture ever but i didn't watch a ton back then and i'm kind of sad that i didn't because like you know i've d- gone down the youtube rabbit hole before right you know and i can't sleep at night somehow you know the rock or stone cold or one of the people from that era like you know they came up on youtube and i would just like watch stuff and like i'd watch a match i'd watch the promos that they cut and during that time with stone cold the rock and like the other people that were big you know like dx and all that other stuff that was going on it looked like so much fun it looked like great entertaining television that 
didn't take itself too seriously, right? But at the same time, it was like the correct amount of like fun, entertaining, like it actually had some stakes involved into it. And by that, I mean like, you know, oh, is he going to win? Is he going to win? Like who's going to win? You know, blah, blah, blah. And then like, it was just great. It was just entertaining. It was fun. It made fun of itself in, a, in the good right amount and stuff like that. And you didn't have it leaning on, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but it got it got annoying and old after a while. It didn't lean on these titans of the industry that were good 20 years ago. Like, nothing against Hulk Hogan, right? Or, like, uh, you know, Macho Man or Ric Flair, but, like, watching a 60-year-old man wrestle in the ring for, like, five minutes and he can barely perform any of the moves, and, like, you know, he finally body slams someone and then pins them, and you're like, that's, like, we've, we watched this guy do a match for 30 minutes the other day and take a beating and never get pinned. Like, what's going on here? You know, that kind of stuff. So, like... Yeah, it was, I think that was, like, kind of the golden age of the WWE, which is, like, the exact opposite of what it is now. All right, Flakel says Sloppy Joes. Um, these are probably underrated because most people's recollection of them is crappy Sloppy Joes from school lunches. But if you actually, like, make a proper one and make it well with quality ingredients, it's an enjoyable sandwich. I agree with you, except for one small thing where, like, I actually think back on grade school lunches more fondly than most not like over overtly fondly but like i liked a lot of them i also hit puberty a little bit before most of the kids so i was just eating a fuck ton in grade school you know i was like really tall in like eighth grade and you know was had was like shaving in like seventh and eighth grade and stuff so i was just eating all the food i could get my hands on and stuff so i remember sloppy joe dad be like can i get thirds you know like i need food i remember the teacher like telling me no and i'm like no you don't understand. i'm like hungry like give me food <laughs> like why would you tell a kid they can't have more food like i don't understand that you know, especially at school when it was like, you know, we paid for it because I was in a private school. So, yeah. All right. Let's see here. What's the next one? Um, Cat Attack Walrus says autocorrect. I'm going to go with overall underrated because it helps me a lot because I can't spell. I'm actually just an idiot and can't spell. But overrated in the small uh, windows of like, I want to say the words I'm trying to say. And I assure you, in my life, I have never meant ducking. <laughs> but can good. I'm I'm gonna say overrated. I honestly believe that autocorrect uh, creates more mistakes in my text messaging and and you know just typing than it fixes. Sure, sure. Uh, like it really it, it's it's ridiculous. I don't understand it, especially with like with you know I, I write a lot of you know card name magic card names with words that aren't in their database, so it often like will autocorrect them. And I swear to God, it it's, it reminds me of House because. When I type Luris, it autocorrects to lupus. And I'm just like, it's never lupus. It's never, ever <laughs> it's lupus. It's never lupus. Okay. Except for the one episode, I think, where it actually was yeah, lupus. Yeah, there was one episode never, where it was it's, lupus. It's never lupus. By the way, if you haven't watched House, highly recommend just binge-watching the shit out of the show. Gregory House is a top five character of television ever. All right. It's never lupus. Uh, Flackle also says auto-battlers. I'm going to go with properly rated. They seem great. The people that like them really love them. I don't play them because I, I just do not have time for another thing like that because I will never stop. Yeah, ever a lot of people have tried to get me to start playing like TFT or something. They seem cool. Same. I've watched it. I you know have a vague idea of how they work. Um, but I you know yeah I, I like I I could make time to play them, but I would rather make that time to do other things. Exactly. Uh, Darth Turtle twenty six says thirty years old. Um, underrated. So the as much as it, you know, it's you know everybody who's thirty complains because their body is starting yeah. to break down, right? So that's all you hear about, and yeah, that's kind of a bitch. Um, but you, I find I just have, I have a much better sense of who I am and confidence in that self 
than I did in my 20s and especially my teens. And that just makes life so much easier. Like, you just stop, like, dealing with things you don't want to deal with. And, you know, and you get to live a much, you know, sort of freer life. Uh, I got to agree with Ross in every way here, and I'm going to add on to this. So at some point in time in your life, if you're not 30 yet, or you're you're at 30, 31, whatever, you're going to hear from somebody, oh, your 30s are coming up, right? And like, in, in, in the context they talk to you about this, and the way that social media betrays this, or television betrays this, they're, they're, the stigma got attached to it at some point in time, where if by 30, you like don't have a house, right? Like you don't have kids, you're not married, you don't have a great prospect or a great career, that you're just some kind of failure, right? That like you're not living your life to the full potential. I'm here to tell you full stop, that's bullshit. Most people still don't know exactly who they are at 30 or what they want to do, and that's okay. You're causing a massive amount of undue stress on the people and anxiety on the people that they just don't need. And frankly, you're actually not helping them in any way. In fact, you're making it much worse for what they're going through. And let's be real. I am 37 right now, right? Actually 37. Still don't know exactly what I want to do with my life. I'm just doing things that right now that I can that make me happy, right? That don't make me miserable. Um, physically, I'm in some of the best shape I've been in the last like 10 years. I feel pretty great. I'm sleeping pretty well. I'm eating pretty well. I still look exactly the same I did when I was 30, if not better, you know, physically. Like, honestly, bro, I'm fucking killing it right now with all <laughs> things with all things considered. You know, like, it's kind of great. And, you know, like... It's not going to be that bad, especially with, like, everything we've got going on, you know, all the medical advancements that we're making. You know, think about if we just didn't have COVID going on right now, like, with all that stuff, too. Like, dude, 30? Like, what's the joke? 30 is the new 40? 40 is the new, like, 40 is the new 60, like, (laughs) or however you want to say it. You know what I mean? Like, have you seen, have you seen, like, some of these, like, actors and stuff? Like, obviously, we can't aspire to be exactly like them, right? But, like, you see these, you know, pictures of some of these, you know, men and women in like their 40s and 50s, and they look like they're in their 30s, and like they're they're healthy and stuff. You know, we're having a better understanding of the human body and what it needs to, you know, continue to do the right things and and be yeah. in a great place. You know, how to take care of your brain more, how to take care of your joints and stuff. And like, you know, I'm I'm getting more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I'm getting more intelligent when it comes to this stuff i'm getting more research on this stuff and just more proactive because i was definitely bad about it the last couple years you know i wish i had done this in my 20s but hey it's better late than never yeah and honestly man my 30s i think might have been better overall than my 20s my 20s kind of sucked you Um, know like i mean parts of it were great and stuff but like i didn't know what i was gonna do i was like you know kind of all over the place i was like aimless i'm a little more aimed nowadays you know i had shitty relationships that didn't go well and have probably like still messed me up till today and stuff like that but you know that's how that's how i am the person that i am today is you know from those scars from the things that i learned from those days and the things that i put up with and went through and then like you hear about me say that like the things that i put up with guess what i don't put up with that shit anymore right like i know who i am what i want what i want on my friends my friend circle is way smaller now than it used to be and that's a good thing for me i have like the friends that like you know, my friends like Ross here, my friend Jake and Brian Basoko and something like I can call up on the phone and talk to them when I need something. And then like they don't I don't like have to do things. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to like spread myself too thin. Like they're there for me. They're good friends. I'd rather have a few good friends than a whole bunch of like just people I know and talk to. Yeah, ag- agreed. And, uh, you know, 
I've got a great circle of friends here in Roanoke and then you and, and other people I've got my, you know, I still have friends from college that I talk to regularly and see regularly. Um, and you know, yeah, that like, that's good. That's, you know, I don't really need much more than that. Um, you know, I'm not as far into my thirties as you are. I just turned 33. Uh, so most of my thirties has been spent during COVID, uh, yeah. which has kind of sucked, but I feel like my thirties have all been COVID. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, like I said initially, like I just feel a lot more self-assured about who I am and happy yeah. with that person than I did in my twenties. There, I there was a lot more anxiety, uh, and you know a lot more feelings of inadequacy through my twenties. Um, you know, now I've learned that you know I can change the things I want to change, accept things that I can't change, and, and just you know move on. Uh, and that just takes time to learn. So yeah. You know, your thirties are pretty good. You know, Don't a, let a little bit some... more back pain, but you know, yeah, that's that's why they make a leave. Exactly. Don't let some arbitrary number and pressure that people randomly put on it yeah. affect your actual life. It's utter Dude, bullshit. I uh, I watched the movie Marty the other week. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It was. I'm uh, not. It was. I, I think it won Best Picture. Ernest Borgnine won Best Actor for it. I know that. Uh, M-R- M-A-R-T-Y? Yeah, it's from the fifties. Um, okay. 1955. Yeah, but did it did it win Best Picture? Um, um I'm looking at IMDb right now, but go ahead. It won yeah. four Oscars. Yeah, it won Best Picture. Also won the Palm Door. You know, at, uh, at winner Cam- Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Director, Best Writing. Jesus. Yeah. Um. So it if I if you're not familiar with it, which I assume most of our audience isn't, um, it stars Ernest Borgnine as a uh, turns out he's he is 34. And I, f- I found that out midway through the film. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the synopsis real quick. Is that, yeah. is that helpful? Okay. It says, A middle-aged butcher and a school teacher who have given up on the idea of love meet at a dance and fall for each other. Yeah. So he's 34 and she's 29. And the first part of the film is just him, like, you know, completely uh, resigned to living alone his entire life. His mom, his, He lives with his mom. His mom's trying to get him to go out and meet someone. And he's just like, you know, I'm too old. Like, the, you know, miss my opportunity. And I'm just like, damn, you're only 34, buddy. Like, come on. <laughs> I, I watched it shortly after I turned 33. Uh, the world has changed a lot. Oh, yeah. The last 60 years. Yeah. yeah. 70 years. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and then she's only twenty nine, and the the movie's more focused on him than, than it is the the lead actress. But um, well, of course, know, but yeah, uh, very good movie by the way. I mm. I enjoyed it quite. I'm a bit. gonna check it out. Uh, the, the the final scene in particular is quite good. Speaking of good actors and good media, where can people go to find and see and hear more stuff from you, Ross? <laughs> uh, best place is my Twitter account. I am at Ross Hunted's. Um, and that's just, uh, you know, I'll, where I tweet out all the content, new episodes of the show, my content for SCG and things like that. Also a good place to ask me questions. Uh, and, you know, I try to get back to people as often as possible. Uh, if I don't, you know, I'm sorry. You know, sometimes I just get busy. Uh, then there's my written content for SCG. So my articles go up Tuesdays uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, this week's article was about why I think Dragon's Rage Channeler is currently overrated and modern. Um, and then there is versus live the web show I host twice a week with Corey Baumeister where we are on the star city games, Twitch channel from 1 PM to 4 PM Eastern time on Tuesdays and Thursdays. 
playing whatever formats are relevant, mostly modern recently, but we're going to start to incorporate more Pioneer. And then we'll definitely get some, uh, you know, preview season episodes in with Kamigawa cards as they come in in the, in the coming weeks. So you can expect really th- those three things uh, over the next month or so. Um, and, you know, we take questions live from the audience, so I recommend you catch it live if you can. If you can't, the episodes do go on, up uh, as VODs on the Star City Games YouTube channel, uh, usually the next day, so Wednesday and Friday. And then finally, there is my Twitch channel, which is has been inactive for a while now, but I promise is coming back soon. Um, and if you just want to throw me a follow there for now so you get notified when I do come back, I am just Ross underscore Miriam on Twitch. Uh, Tannen, if people want some, you know, hot baseball takes because i'm sure that's going to ramp up with uh players reporting in what like let's a, hope a month uh we don't know yet oh with covid it's all like delayed they're still on strike oh yeah they went on strike i forgot about this yeah. oh There's shit still no bargaining agreement yeah i forgot that that happened well they're meeting in person next week which is a step up they've been having like teleconferences and meeting in person like you can't just hit a button you have to like yeah <laughs> that usually means leave. they're trying to sign yeah. things right yeah they're I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, it's just it's stuff. Side anyway, you can find me on Twitter at the Tannen Grace. Uh, a lot of stuff going on there. A lot of flesh and blood, magic, sports, randomness. Uh, I might start talking like movies and TV more because I've just been like so into that the last couple of years. I'm thinking about at some point like making a vlog or something along with like, you know, what I like and what I don't and why. And hey, if you like this, maybe you'll like that, you know, do like comparisons and stuff. We'll, we'll see. I've just been bored and want to do some more stuff with that. I would need someone to help me because I am helpless when it comes to that kind of stuff. I have to, I'll just pay someone to be like, Hey, can you do the actual work? <laughs> I just want the camera pointed at me. I just want to say things and you do the actual work and I'll yeah. pay you. Kind <laughs> but of we thing. split the money. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I mean, we're st- it's still by face, but anyway, <laughs> and then if you want to find me on Twitch, I actually streamed quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. Uh, that is just Tan and Grace on there. But other than that, make sure that you follow the cast itself on Twitter for all the updates when new episodes come out. That's the quickest way to find it out. We do have a Discord that is quite active all the times. In fact, they're talking a lot about what we were talking about in the episode today. A lot about what's you know going on in bannings and stuff. There's all kinds of cool stuff going on in there. And then a special shout out to our uh, patrons. Uh, y'all are great. We love each and every one of you. And uh, no guarantees, but I might have something in the works for y'all pretty soon. So if you've been a patron for a while, obviously, you know that's good news for you because you'll you'll definitely be one of the people that's getting it. And then for the people who have only maybe been around for a little while longer, let's see what's going on. Or if you want to join because of some of the stuff that we got going on, we could work something out. So anyway, thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Uh, Catch us uh, probably in about a week from now, maybe like next week. Uh, As soon as we start getting enough previews to put an episode together, that'll probably be our next one. Previews and reactions to the ban announcement. uh, Yeah, exactly. So unless the ban announcement is just nuts, (laughs) like we might just do an actual episode on that or whatever, but we'll see. Like if they're like, yeah, here's five different formats and like 12 cards. Like, you know, we we got once or twice during early days of Pioneer. So, all right, but thanks for listening and we'll see y'all next time. 